Ibrahimovic. That's a great effort, it's a brilliant goal. He had one disallowed in the first half, but Marvin Chuni has scored with a cheeky flick. Hello and welcome to episode 99 of Seiya A Spotlight. I'm your host Jake on Tuesday the 7th November where we will be covering match day 11. Please remember to follow, like and rate our podcast and if you wish to support our content that is Patreon. It's only 3 99 a month. Today I am not joined by my brother as he is still in Australia dealing with some personal issues but I am joined by the unemployed Luke Mintoff. That is correct. Hello and welcome to Seiya Spotlight. Thank you, Mentoff. You have been a, patri- a patron for how long now? It's been about four or five months. And please tell people about your experience as a patron. So as, as, a, as a patron, I can definitely say that those four euros are not worth it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Jokes aside. <laughs> um, uh, it's, 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 it's a lovely little experience. The WhatsApp group is, is, is really wholesome. Um, everyone there is like really invested in the group and everyone seems to be Getting together, and usually WhatsApp groups can be a bit risky because you know you get all kinds of characters involved. Mm-hmm. The Chescos of this universe, the Chescos of this universe, who never cease to amaze me uh, in all the wrong ways. Um, but besides that, it's 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 a nice little initiative you've, you've got yourself going, and I and I'm sure that there's going to be some more content and things coming down the line from from the two gents. Yes, you can bet your sweet ass. Mintoff oh has boy. a reputation of being unhinged, so this episode might be... R-rated. R-rated, exactly. <laughs> um, as for our goal of the week, we've already disagreed. Mintoff and yes. I disagree way more than um, my brother and I do. That is very true. Um, my goal of the week was definitely tuning, because it was purely instinctive. It was a back-heel flick. His very first good goal. Say, so, yeah, brilliant goal. My goal of the week contenders were Elmas, Lautaro, Colombo's second, Goodmanson's goal and Miretti's goal for the build-up play, of course. What do you think? Um, I will agree that Chuni's goal was really good. I think it was... Um, you need to have a certain skill set to, to be able to perform things like that. Some players just don't have it. Um, and the instinct that he said to, to, to score a goal, you know, and, and, and flick a back heel into the, into the near post. Um... I would say it's the second best goal of the week, but I still think Lautaro's is the best, purely off the fact that he faced a very good team. Atalanta weren't in bad form. Um, and from the angle he shot and where he received the ball, which was basically on the edge of the box, he had to cut in, mm-hmm. did not have a great angle on goal, mm-hmm. and still managed to just curl it round all the defenders into the top corner without Musa having a single chance to save it. I think to me... It just shows the season he's having. It shows how consistent he's been. And to score goals like that in the big games, which he didn't usually used to do in the past. Maybe I'm biased, probably I am. But for for me, it's still it's still a, a fantastic goal. And the quality of the opponent, I think, has to be considered here. Of course, yes. Very fair point. Um, the quality of the opponent is very important because if you look at the individual goal itself, it was quite similar to Colombo's. Yes. But Colombo had a, a lot more left to do, in my opinion. That's why I would rank Lautaro. But he was given much more space as well. Yes, he was. So despite having four defenders between him and the goal, though. What kind of defenders are they, though? <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. They were Hellas Verona's fantastic defenders. Fantastic so, defenders, yes. Davidovic, and They're not bad, to be honest. They're, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into the action. Snoop Dogg. 
we said that uh, that it's gonna fall off. Yeah, and it fell off. Um, Shall we just run with it? I I don't know how this would affect audio quality. And for those listening, our door has just collapsed. Our door is a makeshift cardboard box that's duct taped to the wall. But um, I think we can go on no problem. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean. The quality of the studio is not of the highest of caliber. So. Not not yet. Not but yet. It's definitely better than how we recorded back at home. Huh? Back in the day when we used to record next to your TV in an mm-hmm. open room with bully <laughs> moaning all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the background. <laughs> <laughs> Our OG listeners will remember that sound in the background. Many of many people thought we had a woman locked in the basement or something. Now. A quick rundown before we get into it. We're going to be talking about match day 11, where Inter beat Atalanta away from home 2-1. Juventus beat Fiorentina away from home with a score of 1-0. Udinese upset Milan with a score of 1-0. Bologna upset Lazio with a score of 1-0. Napoli beat Salernitana in the Derby della Campania with a score of 2-0. While Roma bested Lecce in the final minutes of the game with a score of 2-1. Monza destroyed Hellas Verona with a score of 3-1. Torino beat Sassuolo 2-1 yesterday to Mintov's. Um, despair. Cagliari beat Genoa 2-1, another comeback for them. Frosinone displayed their class to beat Empoli 2-1, and then we will deal with your questions, okay? That is today's menu a la carte, okay? But we'll be starting with the Nerazzurri Derby. Atalanta 1, Inter 2, which took place on a rainy, windy Saturday night, which saw Inter continuing their undefeated run against Atalanta. The last time Atalanta beat Inter was in 2018. Holy shoot. Yes. For me, the kids took some getting used to this game. Um, yes. For a second, it seemed as though Skamaka hadn't snubbed Inter in the summer and was playing for them. <laughs> yeah. As for the starting 11... I like the orange kid, though. I like it's it, too. I like it, too, to be honest. Simone Enzaghi sprung one surprise into the starting 11 when he benched Alessandro Bastoni in favour of Stefan De Vrij mm-hmm. and moved that Cherby over to left centre-back. As for Atalanta, they lined up with their usual 3-4-1-2 formation without any crazy changes, with Zappa Costa returning to the starting 11. As for the key events of the game, in the 40th minute, Chalanoglu scored the penalty, extending his flawless record from the spot to 10. 10 out of 10 penalties in Serie A. In his career, he scored 32 penalties and missed 4. Jesus. Very good um, record. Very good yeah. yeah. In the 57th minute, Lautaro Martinez scored the goal of the week contender. And in the 61st minute, Atalanta broke away uh, after Lukman had dispossessed Di Marco and set up Skamaka to make the score 2-1. In the 62nd minute, Toloi came on and was sent off in the 92nd minute for his second yellow. So, brother, mm-hmm. let's get into this game. So, let's first go. of all, um, this game, in my opinion, could be seen as an unstoppable force against an immovable object. Right, You have Inter, who had scored 25 goals in 10 games, while Atalanta hadn't conceded a single goal at home coming into this game. Wow. So it was kind of a stark contrast over there. Very weird, Atalanta, how they've moved away from their scoring seven goals to not, right. not conceding anymore. It's like it, shows, it shows Gasparini's adaptability as well, mm-hmm. I think, with the team he has. I think nowadays their main strength is the balance they have in the team. The fact that um, they've got good depth all round and many players who feel that they could be starters and they have a role to play in this in this uh, team, basically. Before, it was only offense. Like, you'd concede two goals, but no problem because you score five. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they are very consistent and they do have depth that many teams probably are envious of because they have players to replace anyone in any position almost, yeah. which is 
very luxurious in this area. Uh, of course, they're not really playing uh, any Champions League football, so that does make a difference, mm-hmm. of course, because, um, you know, in these kinds of big games, you're going to definitely incur an injury or two. You're going to probably exert yourself much more, and that's going to obviously tax the team more, but um, that's, what, that's the fact of the matter. I mean, you know, when you don't play Champions League football, the next season, you're going to probably do much better in, this, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the local league. So, yeah. so it's just the way it is. Um, what I would say is I think that um, the more Inzaghi stays at Inter and they give him they give him chances to to become a you know a long term coach, I think the more he understands his team, the more he knows how to tact- tactfully make decisions for lineups and in the game. I think making that decision to drop Bastoni for Acerbi, bringing someone experienced and having three really staunch big defenders at the back mm-hmm. to sort of quell the incoming Skamaka was the right decision. It w- it turned out to be and I was surprised because Bastoni is a key player for Inter. He's he is, but he's a, he's a bit more but fragile, I think, yes. than, than, than Acerbi and Adevri in the, in the, at the back. And Super think, ballsy mover. Yeah, I think so. But I think he's a fan he, favourite, you know, to bench him in a big game. Sure. Um, I think Acerbi... Achebe does have the does have the experience that that is I think um, it's unmatched, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and 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 you know even at his at his later years he's still showing he can play. Definitely, definitely. And um, they suffered an injury. Pavard yes. fell injured in the thirtieth minute. He quite. suffered what appeared to be a serious knee injury um, after landing quite awkwardly. He did, however, manage to walk off the pitch. But it has been confirmed that he'll be out for two months. Big miss for them, right? Quite a big miss. That's going to be felt. Um, that's already. That's probably the first start to the fortress being crumbled a bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially because Quadrada is not ready yet. I believe to mm-hmm. come back. So they're gonna have to start seeing how they're gonna assimilate be second to the team again. Mm. Um, maybe he's gonna step up. Maybe he's not ready yet. That's gonna be a big one for them. Uh, of course, in a in a way, what's lucky for them is that January is coming up. So if they need an emergency transfer, they could get somebody in. Since yeah. I see them going through to the next um, round of the Champions League, so that they'll have a bit more money to maybe get a loan move, maybe mm. get a, maybe get a cheap defender from this area. Someone relatively experienced. The likes of like Luperto, 28 years old, seasoned defender. I can, see, I can, I can see that happening. You know, yeah. maybe they steal a Bashkarotto. Really expensive, but uh, I do I do see him fitting in quite well on a team like that. Yeah, and I'm not even sure it'd be very expensive, to be honest, because Lecce tend to sell cheap. Um, but yeah, regarding Inter, we can't talk about Inter without talking about Lautaro Martinez, of yes. course. Lautaro Martinez champ, is having... In my, in my opinion. The what? The champ. Yeah, the, the champ. The season yeah. of his life. He's having a monstrous season, and he mathematically, he's on track to challenge for the all-time goal scoring record in Serie A. Listen to this. So the highest ever scoring seasons were by Immobile and Higuain, where they scored thirty-six goals. Right? Um, in the first eleven games, Immobile had thirteen goals. In the first eleven games, Higuain had eight goals. In eleven games, Lautaro has twelve goals. So he's on track. The question is, can he keep it up? I think if they play Champions League and Serie A till the end, I don't think he's going to. Mm. I think it's going to be too much on him. I think he's going to get tired. He's going to eventually, Lautaro always does become a bit inconsistent. Now, if he manages to prove me wrong and become consistent, become consistent for the whole season, then fair enough. Yeah. The man's got balls of uh, balls of steel then. But um, 
I don't see. I don't know. I I don't. Pff, I really like him, but I can't see him sco- continually scoring this consistently till the end of the season. Yeah, um, typically he doesn't do it, and we've discussed on this podcast how he always has kind of a two month hiatus where he doesn't score. However, however. Uh, this season, there's a different air around him. This season, Lautaro has this kind of aura, this leader kind of vibe. He's giving off this this, this champion aura almost. You know, he's a, he's a man who's won the World Cup now. At the end of the day, yeah, he, he, he does feel a bit more. He's become he's from a cock to an alpha. As they there say. we go. Here we go. Brace <laughs> um, yourselves. <laughs> but um, but no, no, really and truly, Martinez has really showed some maturity this year. Now, if he if he's even if he starts to 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 get into a bit of a lull, mm-hmm. he's already won them so many games, and he's already done quite a bit more than he has at the beginning of seasons. Because usually, what happens is Martinez will start, he starts to score a few goals, and he'll go to this period where he barely scores, mm-hmm. and then come back again. And so far, he's just non-stop scored. Yeah. So um, I think I think we have to give him quite a lot of credit and say that so far so good. Absolutely. And. Um, and another player I have to I have to really say, and I know I know Jake's gonna start screaming inside is Hakan. Hakan Chalanoglu has been a fantastic register. An, 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 another mature player, another player who the longer he plays Inter, the longer he stays with Inzaghi, I see him just improving. Mm-hmm. But improving in a way where you don't automatically say, Wow, he's like I don't know, he's friggin' the new Leao in terms of flashiness and all these things. Different player, of course. Mm-hmm. But there's a maturity around him. So the same as Martinez. And I think that um I think that Zagi, I think I think this is where it's going. I think he has really found a way to improve his band management skills a bit as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's showing. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a lot of coherence. Even when things are going a bit rough for the team. Like they're not scoring or it's it's a tough game or or you know they, they lost they had lost to Sassuolo but then they immediately bounced back. Um, in the past, when Inter lost a the game, then the next few games until they got their footing again, you saw the shakiness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you don't see that shakiness anymore. You see a bad game, and then they come back mm-hmm. again, and they're sort of not back to square one, but they're they're way more consistent. Mm-hmm. I first of all, when regarding Chalanoglu, I agree completely. He had the big shoes to fill of of Brozovic, and it's not only his. Um, his industry that I that I value when it comes to Chalanoglu, his defensive contribution is fantastic as well. He's a hard tackler and he tackles very well and he's always willing to recover a ball. His vision is fantastic and his ability to slow the tempo down and to dictate the tempo has been has been very good. When I saw him as more of a mezzala before, he's adapted to this position perfectly, complementing Barella on his right and then Mkhitaryan who's proving to be still Barilla, one of the best. Uh, Barella, I'm quite disappointed in this year. He had his first good game in a while against Atalanta, yeah. I think. He was uh, quite... It was quite involved. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Still, cool. you 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 don't see the same Barella mm-hmm. a few seasons ago. Mm-hmm. He, I feel like he's I feel like maybe the system isn't isn't really good to really show his full ability. But um, I don't know. Maybe something's off with him. I can't. Some, yes, yes, I can't, yes, I can't put my finger yes. around it. But there is something off with him. He, he's definitely. He seems a little bit distracted at times. I don't know. Like. I'm surprised that Fratesi doesn't play more instead of him. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I feel like Fratesi, when he comes on, he's way more dedicated. I see, at least I, this, is, this is the body language I see. Way more of a dedicated player, willing to just get stuck in and try to commit himself to everything. Uh-huh. And maybe a bit too eager to like to, to mm-hmm. prove a point, but I think that's also a good thing in a way as well. Yeah. I mean, definitely no absence of depth for Inter in that midfield position. 
Um, yeah, it's all coming together for Inter. They have they they look like the clear favorites at the moment, and yes. they're kind of building a bit of breathing room at the top as well. Um, regarding Atalanta, first of all, I wanted to hail um, and to praise Ederson, who has slotted into this double pivot beautifully, and it, it's a new position for him. And yes. last season he was introduced to this position, and he was kind of. Hit or miss. Um, but this season he seems to have settled and he's playing a great... He's playing a great game and I'm very happy for him because the first season at Atalanta is never a good one. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can always... De- no, it's, it can always demo yeah, de- unless you look him in when you have the biggest cock in the world. But um, <laughs> when you're... Uh, when you've got when you've got to to you know um, adapt to Atalanta's system, it takes a lot to to, to get used to, mm-hmm. and I think now he's slowly but surely um, showing why they why they purchased him from Salernitana in the first place, uh, and I'm very happy with him. Uh, I still think he has room to improve, but um, he's definitely having a much better season. As as you're saying, he's slowly but surely coming into that position much better. Um, a player I had marked down for a little bit of a disappointment is Musso, to be honest. Mm, uh, I feel like I feel he's been a bit reckless this season, um, and it's okay. Yes, this, in this in this on this occasion, it was a really terrible decision to come out and just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> rugby tackle Darmian, um, which is you know first of all, it came at a really bad time because uh-huh. it was on the brink of halftime, and secondly. Like there was no clear intent to even get the ball. He was so late. Can one argue that the weather conditions influenced this? Could be, could be. Um, but then, if as a keeper, you have to also keep it in mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, you have to have you have to have some brain cells to make those decisions. Yeah. I I the Udinese was so he was much better. I do too. Um, I'm 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 not sold on him to be honest with you. I think the more I see him. Um, the more I don't see him long term being mm. being a real, um, top. No, he'll be a good keeper, and I see him staying at Syria, but I can't see him in, in a in the big in the big clubs. Yeah, or in the national team. No, like you not, have not Donnarumma, Vicario, Diogo, Mered—they're all. And even Mered hasn't had the greatest of seasons. Yeah. So, so when you have all these other other keepers, I really just can't see him being. Me, um, I'm being too critical. It's only it's only the eleventh match day, but I'm not that sold on him. Um, okay. I no. think I think they made the wrong decision to sell Sportiello as well. Yeah. They could have they could have used him for another season, I think. I mean, he was playing more games than they ever thought he would every season. So, so yeah, definitely a miss over there. But, but then again, they have they have Karnesecki, right? Karnesecki, who, 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 who was a fantastic substitute. He so. might displace him one day. I have a feeling it will happen very mm-hmm. soon. Because um, you can't, like this season, you, you can't you can't keep making decisions like that. That was that was a huge turning point in the game. It's true. To come into the half to come in half time losing one zero when you were about to come in zero zero, and Inter did not have that many chances. Beforehand, that were clear. I think there was one chance at the beginning of the game where they almost scored. Enter, forgot who I forgot who shot it. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, there was no real clear goal. Yeah, where yeah, you yeah. say, "Oh my god, they're like really pressing on Atalanta." That decision really like really skewed the result. Then, then, then you have to go into you, know, you have to go into halftime knowing you're one 0 down, knowing you have to get now you, you have to push yourself back into the game. And against Inter, that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. Because then you then you start playing their game. That's true. Then you start pushing, then they come on the counter attack, and you have Demarco Dumfries both demonizing down the ref- down the flanks. Man, what can he do? Yeah, and I wanted to also um, highlight the fact that I don't know about you, but towards the end of the game, I thought Atalanta could have easily equalized. The lapse in concentration. Yes. Oh my God! Inter collapsed at the end. They were lucky to not to not have Atalanta score on them. Because that, at the end, when Hatteberg had that header 
and and he attempted to go for a goal. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. A player with so much experience, all he had to do was play the ball across goal. You have Skamaka waiting for it over there. His hair got in the way. His hair got in the way. Maybe his luscious prince charming, beautiful Maybe. hair. Maybe mm. his luscious looks. I can yeah. score this for my club. <laughs> for my club. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. No. They. 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 Atalanta at the end did turn on the gear. Um, and it reminded me of Atlanta of the past, where there's mm-hmm. just this unrelenting force, just wanting another goal. Um, they can still turn that on. Huh? They can still turn it on, but I think Sommer had a very good second half. Mm-hmm. He made some real key saves, and I think that um, I think that, that really made a difference. Darmian made an insane tackle yeah. on Skamaka's on, Saka, on Skamaka's shot when he had, Skamaka had went down the left. Left hand side of the box, and he was going to try to cut it back into goal, oh, yeah. and then and then Darmian just flung himself onto the ball and just and just blocked it from 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 a goal side opportunity. I really like Darmian. This he's year. a he's a fucking Let insane you, player, man. Darmian was a player who had high hopes as a youth player, became average Went for a United, while, exactly. got depressed as, <laughs> then, as as everyone does, and then came back. Home. And now he's blown up. He's he's become a late bloomer, super consistent, Very and just so. a solid squad player to I have. Re- Anyone would be happy. To I have really, him. really like him. Yeah, I really like player. him. As for the league standings, Inter are first with twenty eight points, while Atalanta are fifth with nineteen points. And we can move on to the next game, which is Fiorentina nil. Juventus won as Juventus manager clean 1-0 away victory against Fiorentina despite having 32% ball possession, <laughs> 4 shots compared to Fiorentina's 25, an XG of 0.19 and 2 corners to Fiorentina's 9. Chesney's comments summed up the game perfectly. He said, today we went through some tough moments, about 89 minutes of tough moments. <laughs> now, <laughs> now listen to this, bro. Allegri's men have now had their best 11-game start to a season since winning the Scudetto in 2019-2020. Okay, that's Jeez a, Louise. That's a hot stat and a half. Is he doing it again this year? Oh my God, I don't know, man. It would be Imagine the with ugliest that, with, Scudetto with, ever with, that, with that team, dude. With that team. With, let, let's just go through the lineup quickly. How he lined up away from home against uh, pretty much full-force Fiorentina, right? Yes. Chesney in goal Rugani, Bremer and Gatti at the back Now okay Rugani a bit of a Weird one Weird one nowadays It's it's Hailed a flop Bremer was defender of the year A few seasons ago And Gatti was a Serie A player A few seasons ago And a construction worker before that (laughs) McKenney on the right You think he used to cat call girls yo? Probably Ciao che bella Ciao bella Miretti, Locatelli and Rabiot in the middle with Chiesa and Keane up front. Now, okay, it's not a bad team, but a no, title-winning team. That's winning, absolutely not. Yeah. But um, Allegri, Allegri does weird things, man. He does, right? What about Fiorentina? Fiorentina had, I mean, full force, pretty much. They had, granted, Ranieri was, was at centre-back. Could center you say Beltran, Sebenzola was a, was a key, key decision? Okay, this is, this is a point I would like to make, okay? Um, make this point. So, first of all, before, before we get into that, I just want to say that the goal for Juventus came in the 10th minute through Miretti, yeah. who finally got the goal after Allegri had been calling for Miretti to score more goals for, for a while now. Um, he was set up by Kostic after a beautiful team manoeuvre. For me, this was one of the goal of the week contenders because of how Juve moved the ball around for a split second, becoming Guardiola's Man City, and then just resorting to Simeone's Atletico for the rest of the game. <laughs> 
Um, your question about Beltran and Inzola. For me, uh, Fiorentina have had this problem with their strikers since Italiano's appointment. You look at the first season They're where so they had that. Jovic and they are bad. I mean... They aren't bad players. Uh-huh. No, 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 don't get me wrong. But th- there is something wrong. There is something there wrong is in something the system. You can't blame you can't blame all yeah. these players. Yeah. It's impossible. It's true. Even Jovic, I know you hate him. I know you have a yeah, have a thing for him yeah. with Milan as well. Now he's he's shit, bro. Jovic is shit. That's what that's what I'm gonna say. And I have never said that on the podcast uh, about. You, and you, you're gonna tell me Jovic is worse than fucking Origi. No, ta. then you're a delusion. No, no, no. I mean, no, no. But the, you, you, you. We'll ha- see. Origi managed one of the Origi worst strikers. If he managed to get two goals in okay. a season, so okay. we'll see. We'll see. Well, Origi plays plays far more games. Let's see what happens with Jovic. We'll see, yeah. But yes, uh, listen, listen to to this. I think the fact that Italiano doesn't have a proper starting nine affects the, the, the fact that they don't get enough continuity affects the performances. The fact that you give a half to, back in the day, Jovic, and then you give a half to Cabral, you're not letting anyone settle. It's the same thing this season, where where you're trying to balance Inzola and Beltran. Okay, so you start off with Beltran, who touched the ball 12 times in the first half. Then you bring on Inzola, who touched the ball 14 times. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're not letting anyone grow into the team. You're not letting anyone gel with the team. Like, you know, you need to pick a starter. You need to pick a starter and stick with him. Probably he doesn't know. He doesn't know, right? I, for me, it's easy. For me, it's, it's Beltran at the moment. Austria. For me, yes. Wow, really? I think he's. I think that for a hold for a hold up play, okay, he can play in Zola. And Zola was good at this, at Spezia, for example, where you need to Zola was good on the run, bro. Yes, was good on the run, shoveling a defender off the ball, just like just how Lukaku had scored mm-hmm. this week, and just trying to go on the counter. Yes, that's where Lukaku. That's where Zola thrives. Beltran is more adapt to this this style of Fiorentina, where he, his movement in the box is very smart. He, he's quite good at hold up plays well with the flick ons and things like that. He's not an imposing figure, but he's very smart and he knows how to to attack the space in the box. And I feel like that is more what they need with with the likes of with the attacking midfielders and theory. Please, I would I love the theory. Um, I think they all have Vlahovic syndrome. They're all trying to. They're all trying live to. Live, to they're, they're all trying to live up to this. Beast of a person mm. who he himself is not managing to do the same things he did at Fiorentina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the way when they sign a new striker, I think that even the owners and, and, and the coach, they give them this, they give them this praise. They give, they give them this like entitlement that they deserve. Like, oh, they're a good striker. They come into a good team, but the, it automatically comes with pressure. It's a bit like United. When you come to United, you think that, oh, I'm going to a big club, you know, there's so many good hist- historical great players at this club, you know, it's, it's full of history, it's full of, um, it's full of uh, you know, good fans and all these things. But then it also comes with, uh, comes with a problem. Yeah, it comes with a lot of pressure, yes. which, which I think the types of strikers they go for probably they aren't. Probably that's something they don't look for. Mm-hmm. They don't look for someone who can deal with that kind of pressure. Yeah, I mean... Jovic couldn't. Cabral couldn't. Beltran hasn't yet, but I'll give him credit. It's his, it's his first season. And Zola can't. I mean, even the profiles they, they brought. You know, Zola came from a relegation team and Beltran came from South America. Like, it's, there's a very big gap. I think they would need a seasoned, say, uh, experienced player, you know, up front. I think which they, which they never do. Helpful. They yeah. never buy these seasoned strikers for whatever reason. It's true. I yeah. don't know why. There must be a reason behind it, but yeah. they all go for them. 
Anyway, Juve have kept six clean sheets in a row now. Impressive. Um, and Chesney was definitely in the mood this game, making some fantastic saves, right? He's the, I think he's in his, some of his best form I've ever seen him in. Yes. Um, however, a few games ago, he had a game. I can't quite remember against who we discussed this yesterday. Meant I can't remember who still. Um, I know. I where think... he made two mistakes uh, and he basically gave them the game. Um, but you expect these from a keeper sometimes. Uh-huh, but, but but then it's the, weird. Though, the last three games against Milan in this game, uh-huh. he has single-handedly won them the game, bro. Against totally. arguably better opposition. It's true. So. Okay, yes, you have a bad game. Everyone has a bad game. I wake up sometimes in the morning, I feel like utter shit and I want to kill myself. <laughs> but, but at the same How time... How often? <laughs> once a week. But, but, but he had some killer saves in this game. There was one save he made, point blank range. Yes, man. He just stopped it from going into the goal. Even on the free kick, man. Even on the free kick. He's I mean, super. I mean... And against Milan as well, there was that like fingertip save he made from Giroud. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yes, he fucked up a couple of games ago, but it was well at the same yeah. time. He's playing some amazing football as he well. Is. I yeah. think he's the best keeper so far. So far this season, yes, I, I wouldn't. And I, I, I don't even I think I, I don't even think there's anyone close to him at the moment. No one close. No one close. Here to we him. go. This is the money on point you were talking about. Of course, bro. Or are you saving that for I'm the next? Say that for me, like. Okay, okay, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait, huh? I'm gonna get a few DMs. What did this guy say about money? Oh my god! Please, be, please be careful with the guests you bring on the show. <laughs> they can all suck yeah. my ass. There's a reason I spent 100 credits on my Fanta Calcio and Chesney, but, but yes, um, good he's, been, he's been good so far. Huh? Yeah, very good. But yeah, I think we can move on to Milan. Yes. Um, Milan nil. Udinese oh, one last one. thing. Please, please. I think Rogani has really stepped up. Rogani has stepped up, and he had to. And he, ha- he had to, and he has. I think Allegri thrives with this. Defensive solidarity, this defensive unit where players don't need to be individually brilliant, but this the is... team has to be good. Exactly, exactly. And, and, I, and I think anyone who says, even Juventus fans who say Allegri out, are all delusional at the moment. Honestly, delusional. Honestly. Like go fucking stick your head in a bucket of water in minus twenty degrees and wake the fuck up, ta. Because if you, there's nobody on the market you're gonna find who's better than that. He's With also the team he has. It's true. It's the true. team is their team is a joke. When you look about, when you look at this is Juventus. This is not friggin' Atalanta with barely yeah. any money. Okay, and they've had their issues money wise and all these scandals and everything. Sure, but they can't be spending as much money as before. Granted, but their team should not be second place. Yes, it's, it's like when I told you last year with Lazio, they shouldn't be second place when they were you know competing, mm-hmm. but they were. Mm-hmm. And that shows. I think that's when you sh- you see the quality of a coach yes. when you give him this team. When you give him a bunch of... Like like when a baby has all those building blocks and you have to put them in the right spots. And probably they're not the best building blocks in the world. But somehow, he manages. Yeah. He's a... He's not far from being a football genius. I think he is. Genuinely speaking. Genuinely. He's a great, right? When you look at his his accolades, he's he's great. And even the fact that he's got a set of balls, man. He, He benches Vlaovic. For Moise Keane. He, he rewards the form, man. He doesn't give a fuck, bro. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Keane deserves to be playing. Of right course. Now. It's as simple as that. Vlahovic has been horrendous. Yes. Horrendous. My no... girlfriend hates him because she took him on our fantasy league. Uh, I mean, uh, that's another one. That's a whole That's a whole different topic. We'll, we'll end up speaking for 15 minutes, but you have to. You can't just leave. You can't just make... Just, oh, he's he's so good. He's a, he's mm. a star. We have to play. No, no. If he's playing better, you play him. Yes. If you want your spot back, you come back and you play and you take your spot back. 
Keane has been incredible, man. Keane has been back to his former self. Yes. Now if he can start scoring goals, well and good. Mm-hmm. He'll deserve to bench Vlahovic for the whole season, in my opinion. If he can't, then yeah, then you put Vlahovic back in and you see if you see if Vlahovic is... Chiesa is the only one up there who deserves to stay up front, yes. in my opinion. Because, okay, Chiesa doesn't score goals game in, game out. His but energy. He, but his energy and his his his... his Passion and his his grit is there every game. That's true. Sometimes Vlahovic looks like he does not give two flying fucks. Even Milik. Yeah. Milik comes in, half-assed sometimes, so he'll score a good goal. Same thing. Chiesa is the type of player, he's got that drive and that kind of tonal he had at Milan, you know, that, that playing for the shirt, that he's there's, not there's giving this, up. There's this passion, man, you yeah. can't explain it. It's true. He's, he's a Just he's turned on, bundle man. of energy for them and... They're lucky to have him, considering the fact that they were so close to, to losing him. But yeah, even the fact that he deploys McKenny on the wing, for example. You know, yeah. he's he's smart, man, Allegri. He can totally get the best out of the players he has. Yeah. But yeah, and that's why he made the cover of this episode. The, the, the scary man on the cover is Allegri, if you don't recognize him. But yes, let's go to Milan nil oh, with the one. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. Mintoff is a notorious Milan hater. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately for me, because I'm about to go through hell over here. Udinese grabbed their first win of the season on a windy, rainy night away to Milan, who tried to spice things up with a formation change, shifting to a 4 4 that sentence, please? Nope. <laughs> it was business as usual for Udinese. They deployed their 3-5-2 with Pereira partnering Isaac's success up front throughout his first ever good game. Super physical and industrious team all around. Solid team, solid strikers. The thing about Udinese, right, is that they have had this season seven draws coming into this game, zero wins and three losses, right? Seven draws. So there's something in the team that's hard to beat. And with Udinese, it has always been their physicality in, in recent history, their size. All around, from top to bottom, this team is fucking powerful. And then you have the likes of, for example, Samardzic, who isn't the strongest, but then he's very technical. But yes. the players around Samardzic are all either very industrious or very strong. Um, even Isaac's success and Pereira are very hardworking and pressed to oblivion. So Pioli's idea to counter this was to play a 4-4-2. And I, have, to put, I have a very, I have a very um, probably controversial opinion about that, but go on. Okay. We'll speak about it soon. Okay, okay. It's actually praise. It's praise? Can you believe okay. it? I can't, I can't actually, but we'll see. <laughs> so it was a 4-4-2. Theo Hernandez fell injured right before the game with a knock to his ankle. Uh, rumor has it he sprained his ankle coming off the team bus. I'm not sure if that's true. So Florenzi took his place at left-back. Calabria obviously started at right-back with Tomori and Shaw as centre-backs. Leao was on the left and Musa was on the right with Reinders and Krunic up front. He started Krunic to match the physicality and then to get more physical players in the box, he put Jovic and Giroud up front together, which gave me a nice reminder of the Sampdoria days where they had Gabbiadini and Quagliarella up front together. And I used to call them the two trees of Sampdoria up front because that's exactly what it was like over here. In the 62nd minute, um, Adli tripped, uh, I can't remember who in the box, Adli t- tripped someone was, in the box. Wasn't it, um, wasn't, it wasn't success, right? I think it might have been success. It was success. I'm, I'm not sure, don't quote me. Uh-huh. He, he tripped someone in the box. It was, um, it was of a darker nature. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pereira converted the penalty, sending money on the wrong way. And I'm sure you're going to have something to say about that. Oh, okay. yeah, baby. So, okay, what's your take on the 4-4-2? Please, I, don't I think love it, to hear it. I don't think it was the wrong decision. But what about the execution? Um, I also don't think it was wrong either. 
I th- so what was the problem? I think the problem just simply was that I th- I just sim- first of all I think that losing Theo before the game started was humongous. Mm-hmm. That is that is like saying I have a shotgun, but I forgot to get my shotgun bullets from home, so I can't basically shoot my gun. Um, but but Theo hasn't even been on great form. Sure, but I think in a game like this, someone like him will run circles about around players who are arguably slightly slower mm-hmm. and probably can't contain with Leo and Theo down the left flank. Because Leo on his own was creating huge problems. Mm-hmm. Having them both down the same flank, I think, would cause would cause the team that you're against to really strategize on focusing that flank. Yeah. Whereas then other players on your team have more of an opportunity to open themselves up to different styles of play and different opportunities up front mm-hmm. and defensively, of course. But losing half a flank, so to speak, a quarter of it, I think that just genuinely really affects the way you've been training for a game all week. So you can't... I think yeah. I think it's very unfortunate. It is. I, I mean, think it's a freak accident. That doesn't really happen fucking right look, before a game. At the end of the day, this and was... And you have so many injuries. Yes. I think you're very hard on Pioli, all of you at the moment. You have a, you have the worst record of injuries. I saw a statistic. It is terrible. It is, yes. The amount of injuries you have at the moment. And somehow but that's also Pioli's fourth, fourth, according to some fans. I am. I have always been um, a, purely a Pioli apologist, uh, almost. I, I like to play the devil's advocate. When he does well, I praise him and I give him his flowers. But when things don't go quite well, I I, I do criticize. I him, think Okafor would have suffered here more, bro. It's it's not not only about Okafor, man. It's it's. I don't know, man. I I don't like the fact that he, why why are you starting Jovic? What does Jovic give you? Please tell me what Jovic gives you as a player. In in a game like this, a player who's just arrived at Milan, who hasn't scored a single goal, who hasn't looked involved in any of the games he's played, Okafor granted, okay, maybe it wasn't the game for him, but he's come on three times and in a few minutes he's had, he's scored three goals. So why are you playing Jovic? Is it simply because of the physicality? Because Could be. I saw, I watched the game and I, I see how Jovic approaches these 50-50s. Jovic isn't big enough to cross through. He's not quick enough to play through. And he's not dirty enough to, to to poach in the box or to win the 50-50s or, or, or to nudge a man off and go to finish. He doesn't even have the grit or the grint that, that, like, that Giroud gives you, for example. He pisses me off because, I don't know, I feel like we're a man down when you're just playing. Wow. I mean, listen, I mean, to be honest with you, he's definitely not having the best of starts. I really thought that, I really thought that this was a, a purely decision to give him a vote of confidence to sort of inspire him. This mm-hmm. is how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Giving him a start giving an opportunity to set himself up for a good game against a team which is arguably not doing so good this season. And I think this was the best platform for a player who's not doing too well to potentially start the upturn of a good season. Mm-hmm. Arguably, it didn't pan out as it went, but I, I don't think that making that simple like for like decision to get Okafor instead would have changed the game too much. I think Okafor would have suffered much more against such big, big and tough defenders like him. I don't know, man. I, I don't think it was. it's even possible to suffer more than Jovic suffered in this game. Yeah, he didn't have a big yeah. game. Pundits are, are saying that, no, this isn't Pioli's fault. This is this is the team's fault, the, a few pundits are saying. They, they've said that um, when you look at the statistics and when you look at the chances Milan are created, it's a case of the fact that they're not converting their chances. They always dominate the game. They always outshoot their opposition. It's the fact that the finishing has been off. That's really making me finishing this game. Yes. Let's be honest with yes. you. There are four shots on target. Silvestri 
it's had, not very had game, a it? few good saves, especially well. towards the end. Yes, he, he did have a good game. There were phases in the game where Milan just weren't really creating, man. Just a whole stretch of nothing. Yeah, but you also have a lot of people who put players out that you'd rather have on the team yeah, who are causing a lot of problems. Yes, yes, yes. Now, for like like Milan take on PSG tonight, Chukweza should be back, for example. That's that's an, a good player to have on the right. I think Pulisic's back. So it is looking up, you know, the fact that you have to play Musa on the right kind of gives you the same problems that you had last season. You know, Musa's young, he's, he, he shows good another potential. Another Salamakers, essentially. Uh, for now. Yeah, for no, now. No, no, yes, no yes. disrespect to Musa, yeah, but another Salamakers in the sense exactly. that he still has time. He still needs time. And the fact that you afford to double man Leao and leave more space on that side because he's not going to do much. Let's be real, because he's he's young and inexperienced and he's not going to do much. So a lot more pressure falls on Leao. If you have Pulisic on the other side or or Chukweze, you can't leave them unoccupied. No. Because they, they are quite dangerous. I think Adley had a bad game as well. Huh? Adley entered badly, yeah? um, as in he showed every his player, naivety. Every player who's coming to the squad, given a chance by Pioli, has not been showing up. And I think that's where, that's where Pioli is... Um, that's where Pioli is looking a bit problematic in his decision making as a man manager though because of the fact that he he's giving these confidence votes to these players and I think fair enough an argument can be made for Jovic as well where maybe they aren't in the right mindset you're talking about newcomers in general newcomers in general you know or players who have been on the starting on the sidelines and they're coming into the team mm-hmm. you know Pioli Pellegrino Jovic um, those are the three players coming into my mind at the moment. They've all they've all had this like nervousness around them, mm-hmm. and I think that's where maybe you can say a coach should be looking into that a bit more, going into the into the psychology of these players a bit more before mm-hmm. making these decisions. I think I think adapting to Italy, not not in Jovic's case because Jovic has been in Italy for a while. But you look at the likes of Musa and Reinders. This is their first season in Italy, right? And Chukwueze as well, uh, Okafor. So it's gonna take them some time to to gel. Pulisic is a player who came in and uh, did pretty well immediately. Yes, you look at the likes of Chow, for example, since his introduction last season, he was pretty much flawless last season and this season he's making a few mistakes. So I think it's pretty yes. much hit or miss. He has a case for and a case against sure. the introduction Fair of enough. new players. I have two other points before we can move on. Please. If we have a bit more time. Of course. Um, one of them is a Colombo talking point. Colombo? I have is, one is of them. Is he coming back? Bro, honestly, I would. I, is he coming back? I think... Is he going to be recalled? Ah no, I don't think I don't think so. No, you don't think Milan will make a decision like that. I don't think I don't think it ever happens. You can. It's a long. You move. can, yes, but sure. You pay you pay a bit of money, but honestly, I would. I totally would. Right now, you you have the parallel opposite of of Jovic at the moment. You have a player who's so driven, and a player who's so motivated. The, the second goal of Monza. The, this match day, he was played the ball on the halfway line. He knew what he was going to do. The second he got the ball, he charged down the wing. He cut inside, he took one step back evading the defenders, he had four defenders between him and the goal. And then he curved it into the back of the net. Very the first good. goal as well, Colpani holding the ball up brilliantly, fucking Colombo sprinting into space. He's in a 50-50 with the man, he mishits the ball but he hits it with so much zest that he manages to get it into the back of the net anyway. Colombo has the hunger and the drive that Jovic doesn't, man. I'm and worried I- that when Colombo comes to me I'll have the same problem though. 
he he might, but I have I have a, I have honestly, a big, I have a big hunch about that. I like the fact that he's on loan at Monza. He's he's at loan. He's on loan at a fantastic team with a great project and plays a very positive brand of football. Colombo's loan spells right now have been pretty much perfect for his development, working with some good coaches as well, um, and scoring a few goals and really getting used to being a, a main figure. I ideally, I think Milan would. Would leave him there for the season, but if, if the situation that's your own detriment. Exactly, that's the problem, though. That's the problem, right? The fact that you know Jovic isn't, but Jovic is there as a panic buy. Sure, Jovic is there because Colombo was long enough to bring Jovic, in Taremi, Medi Taremi at the time. Jovic from Porto. looks like a real um, scapegoat, in my opinion. It's not very fair. I don't know if you, it's a scapegoat. Yeah, you, you because you're not buying a player who has been proven. He's been he has a, he has a shaky start to this year, yeah. So I think it's a little bit unfair to then expect this sure, person yes. to explode. Okay, sure, sure, sure. I mean, the problem is more on the management who brought him in and who failed to close the Taremi deal, but it's not quite their fault. Personal terms were agreed with Taremi. Colombo went out on loan to Monza. Taremi's agents started playing hardball. Milan or Taremi backed out. I'm not sure which one it was. I can't quite remember. And then Milan suddenly had a few hours to find a replacement. And sure. they looked at Fiorentina, who have just brought in Beltran and Nuzola and Jovic was kind of falling out of favour and they snatched them up. Now, I don't know if they watched them last season because I couldn't believe it when Milan bought Jovic. I'm not a fan at all. But it was a panic buy and fuck it, Milan are stuck, are stuck Fair with enough. this guy for now. Last point, please. I think Marian is having a very shaky season. Okay. And you know why? Why? Not because he hasn't had good games. But I see decisions he's making in games, which to me don't look like a keeper who's confident. For example? For example, there were a couple of opportunities in this game where Manian, in the past, if I, if he saw a long ball coming in, he would fucking go for it and clear it up to high heaven. Mm-hmm. And this year, I see this hesitance around him. And there was a few times in this game where he did that. Where but could it be the weather again? And remember, the weather was fucking awful, bro, this game. Raining, sure, ass, but it's like not the only game I see him making see him making these um, uh, these uncertain decisions mm-hmm. there was a game I can't I think it was literally the last game or the game before that where Manian was looking extremely shaky mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and there is this shakiness about him this, this lack of confidence which I can't really say I saw last season and this year I do see these 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 second guessing himself mm-hmm. and I, I, I see him as a lesser a, le- a less certain keeper than he was last year I think it might be simply a case of there's Low confidence all around when it comes to this Milan team. I think he might be suffering as well. Um, Manian is rumored to be asking for seven to eight million euros a year. I say walk, walk on. I say no. I, I, if it were up to me, I, I wouldn't give him seven to eight. I don't million. think he deserves it. It fucks up the balance of the entire team. Not because Manian isn't a good goaler. Sure. If you PSG or Real Madrid or Manchester City, sure, give him that amount. But Milan don't afford to have a luxury goalkeeper. That salary should be on someone who's making the difference on the pitch up front because he needs to score goals. You need players like Leao. Okay, Leao is on a on six million a year. Why not invest in a trequartist that's of a high quality that you can give a good salary to? A right winger, a striker. You know, I think those are the the, the positions you need to but invest. Last year, Manuel won you games, bro. Yes, yes, he did totally, totally, totally. But the fact that him, okay. Money on, on eight million a year, for example, and then Sporty alone one million a year. Are they very different? No, but then if you are they going to make if, that much? If, if you don't have Sportello, who do you have then? No, okay, sure, but I mean, like if you sell Manian, who do you have? Who, who no, do you, but then who, you can bring you get De Gregorio. 
so bad. I mean, you you you, have, you can pay him can two see, million a year. I can for see example. that. I can see. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I you know, I agree. there are so would, many good goalkeepers. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think there are other other areas where where you can invest, and and I love Manian, and I think he's amazing, but. It's just you. We can't. This is the Donnarumma thing again. You can't yeah. afford to pay a goalkeeper that much when you're a team that's wage bill is so tight. Your highest earner is on six million. You're gonna make your goalkeeper your highest earner. It doesn't make any sense. It fucks the balance completely. But anyway, yes. I don't know if there's anything else you want no, to that, say. No, that was it. That was it. Um, I have one one question for you. Apparently, oh, Zlatan's been rumored to be taking on a role as kind of a coordinator between the players and the management for Milan. Um, the whole thing is his presence uh, as a motivator to keep the motivation right. and morale high. What do you think of this? Do you think this can actually make a difference? I mean, I would usually say no. Mm-hmm. But I've been so wrong about that in the past so many times that I have to say it might make a difference. Yeah. Um, I do feel like that might be a problem in, in its own self, a, a solution and a problem. A solution because I do think it might actually motivate, motivate the players again and bring them back on track. But a problem in the sense that it might not be addressing the real issues. Which are? Which are, I think, there's this lack of confidence in the coach. Mm. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the season that was won, the turning point was the introduction of, of Zlatan. And I feel like purely and Zlatan maybe together make it work. Zlatan gives that certain authority that maybe purely doesn't quite instill that certain motivation, the ability to motivate players. Uh, but you know, you look at so many teams that have that have a player like a legend from the past in the dressing room to make a difference. Um, I I say do it. <laughs> I say do it. Give him whatever he wants. Give him an amazing office space. Fucking loan. I don't care, man. Everything like um, Zlatan needs to be there. I think. I think Milan with Zlatan present. Is a different team. But yeah, um, we'll see. Moving on to the next game, we have Bologna 1, Lazio 0, brother. Now this was um, Bologna continuing to impress. Yes. They bested the Lazio side who have been pretty moody since the start of the season, but yes. they seem to have things figured out. Um, for the lineups, Calafiori, the fullback, was partnering Bokema at the back for Bologna. It's the usual thing. They've been doing this for a while. Uh, the usual lineup for Motta. Posh came back and he replaced De Silvestri as he returned to the bench after serving nobly. Um, Castellanos got the nod ahead of Immobile for Lazio, while Pedro was prefer- preferred to Zaccani and Rovella started as the regista this game. Uh, there was an underwhelming first half with Bologna's first shot coming in the 39th minute uh, and on Lazio's front, Castellanos wasted two rebounds in the first half. The second half took fewer than 30 seconds to see Ferguson scoring a one-touch finish after being set up by Zergzi as he becomes the highest ever Scottish goal-scoring player in Serie A. Holy shit. Ferguson, yes. Congrats, man, bro. And, and then they managed to hold out. Um, and they won 1-0. For me, the most impressive thing about this Bologna side is their adaptability and the fact that sometimes you see them totally dominate games, creating so many opportunities. They, and play, sometimes, really, they play really nice football. Yes. And sometimes they take a pragmatic approach and they defend and they close out games beautifully. They seem like a very experienced side. What do you think about them, man? I'm very impressed by Bologna. I know that in the past you used to hate Motta. Yes, I the used to. I think you have to really take back your words. Totally, totally. Um, totally. He is a good coach. Mm-hmm. He, w- w- given a good, given a budget and given a good, given a decent team, I think he can definitely make a team work, which is which is what we're seeing last year. He made them. He he made them come back from a point where they looked in utter despair um, during the Mihailovic era. Um, 
and and now this year with a relatively unchanged squad with a few more additions, um, they look quite solid. Mm-hmm. Will they get Conference League? Maybe, maybe. They, they, I think they they partially deserve it. Um, but even if not, even if they get another top top side finish and they slowly but surely add a few more additions to that squad whilst keeping the core. I think they have a good chance to to build a very solid team in this area. And I think the coach is definitely a strong part of it. I think the players they've brought in and given them time, like Xerxes, for example, um, shows that there's a plan. Mm-hmm. A plan, a plan for the, for the way forward. Ferguson as well, solid players. Um, I really like the way they play football. And as you're saying, they have this dominance about them where they can really switch, uh, flick a switch and really start to, to turn, on the, turn on the show. But they can also defend really well as well. And um, overall, I really I have quite a few compliments to, to, to Bologna as opposed to Lazio, who I feel um, are really bipolar. They are bipolar. Right? That's the best way I can describe them. They are literally bipolar. Um, and, and, and that's no disrespect to the coach. Uh, I think that the, um, the additions they've made and the, the squad that they have, I don't think you can expect miracles, mm-hmm. in all honesty. There's a lack of investment. There's a lack of investment. And, and there's, there's this idea that oh, the players we have are enough. Mm-hmm. You've just lost SMS. Like, you've just lost your engine. You just you just started your car and you're like wondering why it's not turning on. Well, uh, good morning. Your engine's not there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what what do you expect to do? And I feel like I feel like I don't totally agree with the decision to start Pedros or Zakani. Zakani is also not having a good season as well. He's not having a good season. Um, which is a slightly worrisome because at least last year Lazio had Immobile misfiring, but they had Zakani on top form. Mm-hmm. Now they have them both misfiring. Um, whilst bringing new players into the team who haven't yet solidified themselves mm-hmm. as either core starters or core key players who can make a difference. Castellanos, I don't see it. I'm, I'm not seeing you don't it. See it. I'm not seeing it. Oh, either. I disagree strongly. Granted, this game is inspired. This is Lazio. Yes. This is not Bologna. But, but Castellanos is new to the league. He came from the USA. He came from the American League. And he's already showing flashes of, of... He's so involved and he seems but to be a very dangerous outlet. I think at these you don't have time to... No, you don't. You don't have time to, to, to slowly make your, make your point. You don't have time to slowly insert your setting into a team. This is not Milan, it's not Inter, where you have other players who can come in, other experienced players who can come in and sort of lay off the pressure. This is Lazio. But... Who don't day, have much options. Doesn't the profile make sense for Lazio to get to bring in a guy like Tati Castellanos if they look at this player who in his in his career has scored a goal every other game? He's Honestly, played in Spain and he's played in the USA. Yes. In the USA, he was scoring every game pretty much. Um, they brought him in. He's 25 years old. And he was meant to be the understudy of Immobile. Sure. Who is meant to be... Who is a club legend. The greatest striker... Ever All time? It's yes. No, there's, no, there's, there's, no debate. there's no debate. And he he was meant to be learning from Immobile and and introduced into the squad slowly. Uh, that kind of profile makes sense. Makes much more sense than the previous signing of, for example, what was his name? The guy from Kosovo. Um, uh, I can't uh, remember his name. Okay. Big guy. I know. I I, I know who you mean. You I know, know who it's I gonna mean. pop in my head. It's gonna come. He's a top knot. Exactly. Super tall. Yes. Muriki. 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 Yes. yes. That was a wet fart I've ever seen one. 
that was a wet fart by the Lazio management, yes. by, by Claudio Lotito. But yes, um, I do back Castellanos to, to do well. I like what I've seen so far, um, contrast to you. The decision to start Pedro perhaps was, was questionable, but Zaccani's form has not been great, and Pedro's always made a difference when coming on, so I guess you should reward that type of um, performance, right? But yeah, Bologna, super. They sit in sixth with four wins, six draws and one loss. They've scored 12 goals but only conceded eight and only Juve and Inter have conceded fewer than them. Where will they finish? I think they'll finish eighth. Eighth? Eighth is not Conference League, right? No, seventh is Conference. Depends how how it ends up. So you don't think they can push for a European spot? I don't know. I think if if Zexi starts to fall off, I don't see it. Or gets injured. Or gets injured or, you know, just has a bad spell. He's so good, man. He's very good. He's He's so good. He's very, very good. Ah, I could be wrong. I mean, it's it's one of those I'm not really sure about, but they could make it, they could. I think I think it's going to be fine margins. Yes, yeah, so if anything happens to Xerxes, then unfortunately I don't see anything um, happening up front for Bologna. Their, their replacement for Xerxes, I believe, is Van Hujidonk, or whatever the fuck his name is. Van Huidink. Thank you. Yeah. Huidink, is it? Sure. Not Hujidonk. <laughs> you want to say Hujidonk, we can say Hujidonk. But yeah, um, the players behind Xerxes complement them very well, but I think Xerxes is so good that like, when when there's a tight space and when there's chaos around him, he tends to play that beautiful pass like nonchalantly. He's he's so good, man, um, and so technical as well. And he's added goals to his game. He's super, and also all praise to Skorupski, who's been fantastic this season. Maybe Matthew was onto something maybe, when he maybe he was man. Maybe when he called him the best goalkeeper in the league. Maybe after all the fights he's been spending, he finally gets something right. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy, man. He's going through it now at the moment. So, Salernitana, <laughs> nil. Ah, wait, the position in the table before... You said uh, Bologna is in sixth. Oh, did I say already? And Lazio is in? Well, now you've shafted me. You've totally bamboozled me. Lazio are all the way down in tenth with 16 Aye. points. Yes, Bologna are in, obviously, six with 18 points. Carambas. Ay, caramba, indeed. The next game we're going to be covering is the Derby della Campania. Quite possibly the most one-sided derby in Serie A. This is Salernitana. Against Napoli, which finished 2-0 for the visitors. As for the lineups, it was a 4-3-3 for Napoli with Raspadori starting up front and Oliveira starting ahead of Mario Rui. For Salernitana, it was Iquomeza starting up front. Dia was also there with Chuna. Have you heard of Chuna? I have not. Chuna is a, a youngster. He's a young talent for Salernitana that's very highly praised. Um, but other than that, it was business as usual for Salernitana. Raspadori scored the opening goal by rifling the ball into the top corner from close range after a Zielinski pass in the 13th minute. And then in the 82nd minute, a Lobotka pass? 100%. I thought Lobotka won the ball back. And then slided it to Raspadori. Okay, thank you. We'll keep that in. (laughs) Goes to show the quality of this podcast, guys. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) I don't know why I wrote Zielinski. I know Lobotka won the ball back from pressing high. By pressing I, but I'm 99.9% sure it's Lobotka. Yeah. After checking, I can confirm that Mintov was right. It oh, was Lobotka, yes. He won the ball back by pressing high and played the ball to Raspadori, who rifled it into the top corner. And in the 82nd minute, there was a perfect trademark Elmas goal where he kind of drove into, uh, he drove down the wing, cut inside, and just placed it into the bottom corner. Is that correct? 
correct, sir. Thank you very much, man. Well done, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. You, don't, you don't need to make these mistakes when there's no one to assist the ball. Yes, and the, <laughs> when I'm alone, you know, I'm just making these mistakes and no one's realizing. Right? There you go. As Jake loves saying. Yeah, there you go. I often say that when you surprise me and I don't know how to react, which is a lot. Which is a lot. Yeah, it's okay. often. Yes. So there are people in Salerno, men who believe that the likes of Kandreev and Dia are the problem at Salerno. Ooh, Dia, I definitely agree with um, wholeheartedly. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't keep, I mean, definitely. Um, Kandreev, can you elaborate on Dia? Why? Yeah, I think he's just a problem player, bro. Because he's disinterested because yes, he tried to force he, his way out. I mean, you can't. There's nobody is gonna. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like a girlfriend who cheats on you and then tells you, "I still want to be with you," <laughs> after convincing you to like not break up with her. So you're saying Dia's toxic? I, dude. Totally. He forced a move out. Yeah. Didn't happen. Didn't want to play. Yeah. Eventually, they managed somehow to kiss his balls, and to get him back in the squad. There's no way you're gonna convince me he wants to play football there. Yeah, there's no, no way. Logically speaking, yeah. you, you can. It, it's psychology here. He wanted yeah. to leave. He was forced to stay, and now he stayed. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. The, and the fans don't appreciate it at all. You know, they had the whole Dia song, to 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 ro 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 Dia. Every time he scored, they've stopped singing it. Now he scores. Dia, Dia. No shit. Nothing. He's no longer a fan favorite. I guess he must have grown tired of the Amalfi Coast, the beautiful weather, the great food, the, the f- love from the fans. He wanted to move to Wolverhampton Wonders instead. Yes, all the shitty weather and the yeah. and the Portuguese players all around. And the mediocre <laughs> football that they play. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. Kandreva, problem player as well. What do you think? I don't agree with that one as much. Mm. Um, I feel like he's more or less been quite... Um, Quite oppressional there. I do sometimes see him as a bit of a, a bit of a moaner, though. Of course, but that that comes with but the nature th- of being a, a better player than the ones sure, around you. Sure. Um, but then at that point, you have to accept the responsibility and the situation you're in. You can't. You can't just like throw the team under the bus and just be like, you know, you have to accept the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, though, probably he he, he himself did not expect Serena to be in this position that they're in right now. Yeah, it's quite so dire. it is very dire. Do you think Pippo can turn it around? You look at the bench, man. You have Pippo shouting out instructions, a legendary striker, and Pippo and Zaghi. You have Frank Ribery by his side shouting out instructions as well. Like these guys have have good role models over there, and and, and they should be doing better, I believe, man, with the team they have. I don't see it. You don't see it. I don't see it. They have to. I don't know what there's. There's more money in the bank, but I think they need to get a. A good one more good player to try and weather the storm. Mm. Maybe sell the um, bring in somebody who's motivated. Um, but they they need to make some hard. They need to make some strong decisions now, and they need mm. to settle on a squad and stick to it in game out game in game out. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think maybe then they'll have a, an opportunity. Totally, bro. Uh, but I I don't I don't agree with this playing deal. If you, if if it was me, you're on the bench. I'll send you in. I'll send you in. I'll send you in January. Find a team. Talk with your talk with your agent, and we'll settle on a fee. Otherwise, you can get the fuck out. Fair enough. Um, I obviously really rate Dia as a player, of but that's true. When you don't want to be there, you you're a, you're a bad apple. You ruin the others. Um, I think in January, it's where they might do an overhaul. Two seasons ago, in the Miracle Survival, they they had brought in. A bunch a of players. fuck ton of players in in January, and they managed to turn their season around. Let's see if they can do the same. Inzaghi, people mocked Inzaghi when when Salernitana appointed him. We also made a joke. We said that Salernitana have brought in Inzaghi, meaning that they've already given up on the league and want to win Serie B next season. 
Um, however, Inzaghi was quick to respond that, um, you know, you can mock him all you want. People and mocked him as a player. They said that he couldn't play football and went on to score 300 goals. And he so. won, won a game in the Coppa. And he he got won a game in the Coppa. And he got them through. And a, quite, a, yeah. quite a considerable game, 4 0. True. Yeah. For the first time in Raspadori's career, on the other side, he scored three goals in three straight Serie A games, not to mention getting an assist in the game before, making it four goal contributions in four games. We once discussed his role on the podcast, saying that he's not quite a number nine, he's more of a support striker, more of a kind of Czech artista type player, or kind of coming in off the wing. What do you think now, the way he's being utilized by Rudy Garcia? He reminds me a little bit of Aguero. Say, I was gonna say that. Holy shit, Aguero, no way. I swear no to God. Way. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear Give to me God. one. Boom. <laughs> yes, I he does. He, he, he reminds me of this player who, who's so short and so... He's, he's re- relatively stocky. Uh-huh. But he's he got the center of gravity. He huh? has a very good center of gravity. He can't be shifted off the ball that easily. Uh-huh. And he has a shot on him. Yeah, like, when he's com- turns, When he's yeah. confident, though. It's true. So, so there... I mean, I have to say that so far, Rudy Garcia was on the brink of being tossed over a cliff. <laughs> and now he is climbing himself back up again. Totally Whether true. he can manage again to, 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 to rekindle, that, rekindle that flame and bring, bring Napoli, they're not going to win the league. I'll be very, very, very surprised. But to bring them back to at least contention would be quite an achievement. With the whole all cementing, with the whole, uh, the whole team in shambles, them losing to... Them losing games they should have been losing, but yeah, that that Milan game has seemed to have as 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 inspired them again, and I'm quite impressed with Raspadori. Uh, I like I've always liked him, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know how long term he can keep doing this. Um, my worry is if they do offload Osimen mm-hmm. in the end, which I don't think is impossible to happen. You're talking about at the end of the season or in January? Even January. Oh. I, th- I think if an offer comes in, I think they will consider it. Um, I don't know what happens then in the squad. Um, it depends who they bring in. That's the thing. It's it's going to depend a lot on what happens then. Um, mm. Because I can't see Raspadori. I mean, I can't be wrong. I, maybe Raspadori ends up, you know, solidifying his spot and he starts to become a starter. But No way. I mean, you, Raspadori is a good, a great backup to have on yes. a team. On a team like Napoli, yeah. but but you look at Ozyman, he's a world beater. Sure. He's a top five striker in the world. Sure, 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 sure. But he's another one. I don't I don't see him enjoying his time either. He is, as you said, a moaner. But he's a but that's because he's a he's a perfectionist and he's a he's a bad loser, man. He wants to win and he's hungry to win at all times. But the difference is that he works for his team. Yes, he presses. He fucking plays dirty, man. He he's he's always got one of the highest kilometers covered in the game. You look at Leao, for example. 32-year-old or 33-year-old Pereira for Rudinese ran two kilometers more than Leao did in that. In that Leao's lazy, yeah? I wouldn't say lazy. I think he's he's instructed to conserve his energy at times, but sometimes, yes, I feel like he's a little bit... I think he's lazy, I think he's lazy bro. Lazy Leao? Uh, with the sentence is not the right word, but he is a lazy Leao. When he gets the ball, he starts becoming lazy. I don't know. I don't know. I think since most of the time he runs, it's sprinting. It's more tiring. You know, maybe I'm being a little bit naive here. You are. This is, this is the guy who only does his train, bro. Only does his train. He's got like 0% body fat. 0% body fat. He can take all money if he wants. Um, he gets massages in, in, between, in between sessions to make sure his muscles are never fatigued or as fatigued, as little fatigued as possible. And you're going to tell me this guy can't run 
as much as Pereira for Udinese, who had no still, club. He's thirty three, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he looks like he, Pereira looks like he drinks a few he drinks a few beers and eats yeah, a few donuts. Has a few Rothmans red. Yes, but yeah, you <laughs> you might be right. But yes, this was pretty standard, straightforward for Napoli, who currently find themselves in fourth with twenty one points, while Salernitana are in last place with only four points. Shocker, man. Shocker. The next game we're going to be covering is another one where I need to brace myself for some Lukaku praise as Roma beat Lecce 2-1 in the most miraculous way possible, scoring two goals beyond the 90th minute. Fucking Lukaku, bro. For Ro- Roma's lineup, they opted for a 3-4-2-1 with Awar and Dybala starting behind Lukaku and Karsdorp in the starting eleven, who Mourinho has previously called a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> excuse my poetic license over there. It's not a direct quote, but it's... Um, Pretty much what he meant. For Lecce, they lined up the usual 4-3-3. This time it was Banda getting the nod up front uh, on the left side. And pretty much business as usual elsewhere with Kaba, Ramadani and Rafia in the middle. In the fifth minute, Lukaku missed a penalty and Serie A for the first time in his career. And then in the 71st minute, there was a shock goal as Banda drifted into the box. The shortest player in the league standing at five foot two. Um, five foot two. Five foot two, bro. I said, or five three, five three, or five two, something like that. He's the tiniest guy in the league. But you know what? You think he's hung, bro? Probably. <laughs> no. <laughs> he drifted into the box and his shot was blocked. Pontus Angvis was there to volley home or to shoot home the rebound, rather. In the 91st minute, two substitutes for Mourinho linked up as Zalewski whipped in a ball into the box and new boy Sardar Azmoun was there to head it home. Lovely header. Magnificently. Such a violent header, right? It, I think was, it was. Violent. You're not going to save that. It's a type of... <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good header. In the 94th minute, Dybala picked out Lukaku as Lecce's players were panicking and I believe it was... Um, was it Ramadani who slid in to try to block the ball, allowing Lukaku pretty much to go and through? Lukaku just shoved him off. Yeah, Lukaku just told him, nope. And then he, <laughs> he showed great composure to score the winning goal. What a top it, corner, man. Top corner, bro. He took off his he shirt. Ran to the He fans. ran. It would have been really cool if he wasn't wearing a bra. <laughs> I hate those bras. They're so horrible. So like, if you're wearing one of those, keep your shirt on. No, it's a scene. Just please. Take them both off in <laughs> Like what do, It's like It's the 95th minute You're gonna take it off In two minutes anyways Take yeah. it off And throw it in the fans Exactly I, There's just Whoever invented them Yeah I don't Why? know Why You're gonna tell me it's gonna, You're gonna consume less You're gonna like Conserve less Heat When you have something Actively open In your stomach I don't care. Like I, I want to go. I want to figure out what's the reason behind it. I don't know. There has would, to be a reason. I would love to ask, like a physio, like why do men, why do football players wear bras? It might be simply to give them more support, upper back support. No, simple as that. Could be, could yeah. be, but the posture, I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or to stop their breasts from jiggling. Maybe some players I, tend to be a little bit. I need a few of those. Yeah, I do. So does Lukaku. He's looking a bit more trim this year. He is. He is. He's looking great. Catania could use one. Catania could definitely (laughs) definitely use a few, bro. (laughs) I have a lot of praise for Catania, actually. Catania was really good for Cagliari. Last last three games. Holds up the ball very well. Well done, mate. Um, Praise for Cagliari. Cagliari are like my favourite team to watch at the moment. Calm down. No, no. no, I'm not calming down. I fall in love with the Minnow team every year. The likes of Crotone, the likes of Salernitana. This year it's Cagliari, bro. I am obsessed with them. From fucking Nicolas Viola in midfield to all the way up to fucking Lovumbo on the wing to Pavoletti up front. They're just a fun team to watch. But anyway, back 
to Roma. Yes. Funny how different the narrative would have been if the match ended in the 90th minute, right? Very funny. It would have been, we would have been shaking our heads and saying, where did it all go wrong? Mm-hmm. Because the Roma had so many chances to win this game. Yeah. I think, I think that these are the games that despite being ugly, you um, need to win them. And win them at all costs. Yes, but they're, they're the type of games that, that set teams off on positive streaks. They're, they're the type of games that mold Teams, Hold on. You know. We also have to say that Lecce this year are not a Lecce of last year. No. So no. winning against Lecce in that manner is like beating an informed Sassuolo. Of course, of course, of course, totally. I mean, they've dropped to 13th now, but um, but yeah, they they had a great start and they showed that they could totally disrupt many of these big teams. But I think Roma at this point will, will definitely have some added motivation, especially Lukaku to recover from his first ever penalty miss in Serie A. And still scoring, scoring a winner. And, for, me that, for me, that's a winner in my opinion. Mm. You can hate him all you want with the decisions he's made, with Inter and his attitude and with Chelsea and the way he, the way he handles himself um, when he's looking to, to, to find a new club. And he can be quite, um, well, unloyal to, 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 for lack of a better word. However, and then at the same time, the guy is great. The guy is great. Um, he's back to his consistent self. And the goals he's scoring aren't aren't easy goals either. They're they are okay. They're mostly all in the box, but to get there, he's getting the right the right pocket, and he's managing to be to 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 score more than he misses. Mm-hmm. He he had a he had a, a chance he could have scored in the game as well before before the the ninety fourth minute. Where he should have scored, it was a one on one, and he kind of shot it into Falcone. But Aliyah, he's shining. He is. He's shining, fine. and this is where Lukaku thrives, where he is mm. this this the the ego of the team. Yes, and I, and I, I think that's why he some, I think that's why he leaves sometimes when he when he feels he's not going to be the center of attention, as selfish as he is, which is, of course, the critique that people tell him. He does. He that's what he needs as a yeah. player. He needs to be the the. The bull, the, the the guy up front, the, mm-hmm. the the man you idolize. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it doesn't work. I just don't think it works for him. Yeah. He's got one hundred and ten goal contributions and one hundred and forty four Serie A matches. That is, those numbers are elite. Of course, you were you were saying he's shining. I would say he's glistening, um, with sweat. You know, you always um, see the shine. Yeah. But yeah, um, he is a fantastic striker. Um, when it comes to his personality, of course, that raises a lot of questions. I feel like part of the fact that he's misunderstood is because of his personality. It's because he often says things he shouldn't say. He does things he perhaps shouldn't do. Um, yeah. On the pitch, though, he's always made the difference. He's no nonsense on the pitch. He's no nonsense. He has had clumsy, memeable moments. Sure, he has. And, and that is what... His reputation seems to be outside of people who actually watch him on a weekly basis, right? Um, uh, of course, Inter in the Champions League final shot, Di Marco was going to score it, hit Lukaku in the head. Oh, Belgium in the, in the World Cup, had, he had three open goals and he missed them all. Like, granted, yes, he's had these moments that Belgium was, was particularly difficult. He had just come back from injury and he was not yet match fit. The Champions League one was simply misfortune. It could have happened to anyone, you know, yep. but... But yeah, he's obviously a, a great striker and, and there's not much else to say about Lukaku over there. Um, also, I feel like um, there used to be, in the Premier League, there used to be this thing called Fergie time. 
I really think that Mourinho is developing a Mourinho time. Huh? Mourinho time. These 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 late these late dramatic winners mm-hmm. are becoming more and more frequent with him. And there's there's these there's these moments where they should not be winning a game and they somehow turn it around. Ranieri time. It's I, I in my in my opinion I I I uh, it's another one where where people are 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 same thing with Allegri. People are saying that they should they should kick out the manager. Stick yourself in a fucking ice cold bucket. Stay there for a couple of minutes and then wake up and tell me if you still think the same thing. Because you can't. You okay? Have bad games. You have moments where the team looks atrocious, but more often than not, they get the win. Yes, yes. And that's what matters at the end of the day. Look, the reason we praised Allegri today was the same reason that I criticized Mourinho in the match against Inter. Mourinho almost made it work against Inter. He played a terrible game. They had no possession. They created only one chance in the Cristante header and forced a fantastic save from Summer. They would have taken the lead in that game. So this approach isn't necessarily the worst and Mourinho is definitely a good enough manager to be managing Roma who are currently one point away from a European spot. Where do you think they'll be playing next year in Europe? Do you think they'll be playing in Europe? I think they'll be in the Conference League. Conference League? Roma? Conference League could be, but yeah. you're saying Mourinho is the right man for the job, and they're going to be playing in Conference League. Well, I'm sorry to tell you that the team isn't fantastic. You think you think the team should be Champions League quality? Champions League, maybe not, but Europa League, definitely, definitely Europa uh, League. Though. There are a couple. Of, there are a couple of teams, bro, which are on equal footing to them. There's there's the likes of Atalanta. There's mm-hmm. still the likes of Lazio. If they pick it back up again. There's still the likes of of Atalanta, of Fiorentina. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of teams. Bologna, you never know, man. The problem with this Roma side is it's true on paper they have good players, but the fact that the they're second, never available together. The second if Dybala goes out again, mm-hmm. you're back to square one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Today in this game, today in the game in the game against Lecce with with Dybala there, they had a different. They had this extra panache up front. That's true, which you don't usually have. They've missed Dybala for the last. The two through weeks. ball at the end was something we don't see from. You know, normally it's down the wing. It doesn't happen. Even Dybala has had his own, he had a near miss. From 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 like the the edge of the box, he curled it. He curled it left side left side of the box. Mm-hmm. Falcone would have had no chance. Almost scored. The ball almost scored at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Again, same thing. They have. It's true. Yes, they have. They have the personnel. One thing never available. One thing I'll say, which I feel like is the big critique I have for Mourinho, is I think that he has really mismanaged Pellegrini this season. Oh my god! It's I, it's, is it's, it a it's question depressing. Of Pellegrini, uh, Mourinho mismanaging Pellegrini is the. Question of Pellegrini just dropping off form and having no confidence and just dropping stinker after stinker because that's what it seems to be, no? Pellegrini has really dipped, man, from the player he used to be. Yes, I, 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 that's something I just can't understand. Put my my finger on and and understand. Could it because he's playing deeper? I think it has to be. I think think he's so unhappy playing there. He has no choice, and and that's that's just the way it is. It's a head scratcher, man. He was one of the best midfielders wants, in the league. That guy, wants to, that guy just wants to score goals and celebrate. That's right. And there, there was a time in his career where it feels like every game he was getting an assist. Yep. But yeah. So, um, as for league standings, Roma currently sit in 7th with 17 points, while Lecce sit in 13th with 13 points. For the next game, we're going to be talking about Hellas Verona. 1-Monza-3. This was the first victory for Monza at Hellas Verona since 1980. Can you believe that? For Verona, it was a usual 3-5-2 formation, lining up Bonazzoli and Juric up front. Two strikers who, in my opinion, 
complement each other quite nicely. From one that was a 4-2-3-1 formation. Um, nothing really to note over here, apart from the fact that Colombo was starting up front, and Vignato, the 18-year-old wonder kid, yes, I'm going to call him a wonder kid, was playing on the left wing. Double pivot of Gagliardini Pessina. This would be Berlusconi's dream. So many Italians in the team. Um, yeah, I can only see two players who aren't Italian over here in the starting eleven. That's that's crazy. Maintaining the same philosophy that Berlusconi wanted. Just like Milan, right? Just like Milan, who I don't even think, apart from Calabria and Pobega, have another Italian in the squad. Am I missing anyone? Uh, Caldara. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Bartezaghi, actually, the, oh, the left wing Sportiello. back. Yeah, the left back, yeah. And Sportiello, yes, you're right. Sorry, yeah. four players. Ah, many Italians. Many Italians. Pioli. <laughs> <laughs> so, key events. In the 41st minute, Colombo was played through by Colpani and seemed to miss hit the ball, but it turned out to be a perfect finish. In the 73rd minute, Carboni cleared the ball upfield to Colombo, who had so much more to do um, when he... Picked up the ball at the halfway line, he took the ball down, he drove forward, he cut inside on the edge of the area and curled the ball into the back of the net, one of the goals of the week. In the 84th minute, Kyriakopoulos whipped in a corner and was headed home by Caldirola for his first goal of the season. And in the 86th minute, Folaruncia took advantage of a momentary lapse of, in concentration to get a consolation goal deflecting the ball in off Pablo Mari. So bro, before we start, Colombo praise. Let's go. Uh, praise is definitely... Um... Putting him, putting he pulled his socks up this year and he's he's playing well. I mean, there's 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 no there's no arguments for it. We 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 spoke about him in quite some quite some detail in the Milan game, and uh -huh. I think he's given given an opportunity. He's showing that he 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 can play in the big league. Yes, I would imagine you to be a big fan of Colpani. I believe you I took like him on fantasy football last, last season, season when no one was even talking about yes, him. Yes, I did, and it, and I believe we traded and you gave him to me, and I never played him, and he kept scoring on my bench. I really like yes. him. I think he's a fantastic player. He's yeah. a very good shot when given the opportunity, mm -hmm. but he's also he has a lot of vision as well. I really oh, like him as a he's player. He's very smart. And every game, every week, he's showing us. He, he He's almost showing off things that he can do that we didn't know that he could do. Like even this game, simply the when he when he rounded the goalkeeper, granted he missed, but I didn't think he had that in him, that composure in front of goal to fake a shot and knock the ball round the goalkeeper. Like he can do it, it all, pretty much. He's a great player. He is. Great player. He is. Um, Vignato. There are many Vignatos in Italy. There. This one's my favorite one. Yes. I think, yes. The one of Bologna was, was alright, but he never quite lived up to it. This one looks very, very promising. He attacks very well. He shows great maturity and he looks like he has a bright future ahead of him. Now, I wanted to ask you, bro, about Duda. Okay. Andre Duda. Because Andre Duda, um, in the 32nd minute, he displayed like some Saponara-esque technique when he, when he curled the ball with a lot of power and it slammed off the crossbar and bounced downwards and then he failed to score very narrow margins. Um, when Duda arrived in Italy on fantasy football, you were quick to pick him up and you were quite adamant on, on, on getting him. What, what did you know about him? What do you know about him? I, I knew that he was a very consistent player in Germany, that he was highly praised where he was. Um, I believe it was Kun. I could be wrong. Okay. I'm not sure. The, the, I can't remember the team exactly at the moment. Um, however, I saw him as a player who could definitely um, be a key replacement for Illich, hmm. where he would have the opportunity to sort of to sort of be in that central midfield role and sort of um, back back then when Verona still had some decent strikers, although Lazani was 
as as consistent as my rotten rotten pasta. <laughs> he um he had I think he had a better team last season where he could have definitely um imposed himself more and showed showed his skill set more. I think this year he's also done that to a certain degree. He scored a few goals, showed mm-hmm. showed show, showed a few moments. I think it's more the fact that there's just not enough quality around the Verona side for him to do well enough. I still think he's a good player. I still think he has he has that ability as you know he's with with this chance you're speaking about in the game and with his his overall contributions to Verona with his goals and assists. Um, I don't know I don't know if Verona is the right team for him though. Yeah, I think he needs a more attacking-minded team to really show his full skills. I think he's more of an attacking-minded player than he he's more of a four-three-three type player than a three-five-two. Perhaps yes. Um, it must be said uh, that that for me this Verona team isn't as bad as they should as they're performing. They're underperforming, I think. I I don't know. You look at the likes of okay Bonazzoli Juric, which is a striking partnership that I think. I think it's I think it's the worst in the league. You think the worst striking partnership in the league? I think it's horrendous. I think Juric doesn't lose an aerial duel and Bonazzoli is going to. What does Juric do then? You Takes his dick out and does nothing. No, he's useless, bro. He's not useless. You can play the ball to him and he'll knock it down. That wow. is it. To who? To who? To Bonazzoli. He's got a great shot, for example. I'm really seeing it. <laughs> No, bro. No, Todd. You, you well, and Matt, for some reason, have kept this praise for Juric for a few seasons. I think he's the worst striker in the league. I don't think so. I don't think he's the worst striker in the league. But he's had time to play. He has, yes. And he scored nine... I, 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 I might be wrong. I think he maybe scored like four goals. It's just they, they utilize him as a support striker, bro. They don't cross. Last, they don't last year, him. he was the support striker. But but he was last year he was fighting for minutes with Alonri from Venezia, the guy who fucking did nothing all season. You know? But, but bro, there must be a reason why he's fighting for minutes against someone who's Okay, just I, I mean let, let's not get it twisted. I don't think Juric is a player who can score over ten goals a season, don't get me wrong. But I think for for a support striker, he Verona shouldn't be a team that's competing who's fighting relegation is my, my main point over here I think so too. you think they should apart, be? apart from but apart then from. even at the back they have Hien Davidovic sure. Maniani that's a solid defence in theory Davidovic is alright he's a ball playing defender I would say Hien Hien very good Hien, Hien he are, my, my honest opinion good players on that team Montipo Hien I'm not even sure I could do that anymore Lazovic no, I think he's part. I think I think he's I think he's rotten. Okay. Um, Gosh, doing, but this year he's not showing it. I still think he has the quality. Baron, I think he's also gone in my opinion. Mm. Uh, they have a few players who who have dipped aggressively. And for yeah. show. yes, those five players are the only players where I say they give the team a fighting ch- a fighting chance. Not mm-hmm. even a, not even a chance to to, to get out the, to get out of the relegation zone. A fighting chance. Mm-hmm. Because the players around them are not good enough, the strikers for me, <laughs> I, I I I can't get. Bonazzoli is another guy. There's a reason why he goes from shit team to shit team. <laughs> no, no, but no, it, right, jokes aside, right. there's a reason why. Clearly, because the teams he goes to when they when they when he plays for a season, they they, they don't see him as longevity. Yeah. And nowadays he's twenty six. I can't even say he's young anymore. Federico Bonazzoli. Um, I, I'm just curious to take a look at his CV over here. He's like Inter, Sampdoria, mm-hmm. Lanciano, Brescia, Spal, Padova, Torino, Salernitana, Hellas, Verona. Now, 
um, plays virtually up until under 21 level and then never featured again. Shocker. Yes, shocker. And this this actually is an interesting point because you talk about Bonazzoli maybe not being good enough. You look at the fact that he's he's dipped in his career. The same thing with Doig, who had a fantastic season maybe at the beginning of a fantastic start to last season, right? And now he's he's dipped a little bit. You look at Lazovic, who had a good moment last season, hasn't quite showed it again. Maybe it's true these are flashes in the pan, but don't don't you think that maybe Marco Baroni might might have might be at fault for this? The fact that you have players who have displayed that they can do this and are not I doing it consistently. I definitely think the coach is part of the problem as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but who are you going to bring in? I don't know. There are not many options. Yeah. There are not many options out there at the moment. Generally, I think you should play Saponara more, bro. I'm not even kidding. I think at, Saponara, at, this at team this should point, be starting. Do the Saponara um, as the as the attacking midfielder, in my opinion. Yeah, and try that out. Honestly, four three three, fuck it. Saponara on one side, Ingonj on the other, and then Juric or Bonazzoli up front. You put Juric up front, or or Bonazzoli. Who else are you gonna put? In that for in that formation, I can see Juric being mm. being put in. No, to my, support the wing. In my opinion, they need to make a panic by striker and 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 um and see and see if they can. They have been trying for whatever reason, Verona, for the last four seasons, and since they've sold Simeone. Oh, they, they've regressed so hard. They've had Di Marco. They've had Amrabat. They've had Rahman. These guys have had a crazy team. That. It's so depressing. It is depressing. Uh, but I think l- literally my, my, note, my note here, Verona looking depressing. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. They, they are one of the teams. In my opinion, there are two teams who are in serious need of relegation. Verona and Udinese. Because their ownerships... I thought you were going to say Sassuolo for a second. No, no, no. The ownership display... Poor ambitions. Simple as that. They they seem to just want survival. That's all they care about, and that's not that's not the right approach. No, it's not. There are so many teams in Serie B with a good project, man. Bari, Venezia, Palermo. These guys are all have new owners, and they're all fighting it down there for for promotion. And probably once they get in, they'll stay in, man. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. There needs to be a hard reset over there. The, the, uh, Genoa got a hard reset, and they changed completely, and they're looking very promising. Yes, yeah. Uh, I yes and no. <laughs> I come, I come on this podcast and I just. What do you mean? You, you don't rate Genoa. This I year. do rate Genoa, we'll but I don't. I don't at the same time. Okay, we'll talk about them very soon. I do. First, we have to talk about Torino Sassuolo, and then we'll talk oh, about Genoa. Oh no! Okay. I mean, I don't. Do, I don't do that. Sassuolo are gonna lose. So so shocker. You you did and. Funnily enough, uh, when close. when Ricci went off injured, I'm like, ah, bro, they're gonna, they've lost their metronome. You have a chance. And then Vlasic came on. You're like, Vlasic can't go on. I'm like, no, no, the metronome is more important. Vlasic is the winner. That is very good. But anyway, um, before that, we move on, let's highlight that Hellas Verona are in 18th with eight points, while Monza, Monza, yes, thank you, are in ninth with 16 points. We talked so much about Hellas Verona, bro. We did. Well, we did praise enough Monza, but Monza, basically fantastic. to 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 to. to Close the point. I do agree with Jake, which he, we spoke about it briefly yesterday. Uh, they are definitely a conference league fighting team. Monza, right? Yes. I think the I think Monza are as exciting as Bologna at the moment. I without getting as much praise. They're under the radar. I agree. I agree. Completely. Torino 2, Sassuolo 1. Torino continued yes. their best start to the season in five years as they defeated the Moody Sassuolo. Sanabria and Zapata started up front together for Torino. Well, for Sassuolo, I don't think there were any crazy changes in their lineup towards Betan Bologna. Maybe because that Torres is re-entering into the team mm-hmm. finally, which has been something which 
at the beginning of the season you saw a bit less. Mm. And he's playing deeper. He's playing a bit deeper, yeah. Mm. He scored a very good goal. He did. In the fifth minute, Tamez's cross was converted by Sanabria. In the 18th minute, Thorsvet spanked the ball into the top corner and celebrated in a very cold way. And in the 68th minute, Vlasic found the far corner to make it 2-1 and win the game for Torino. Brother, you are a Sassuolo enthusiast. Some yes. might even call you a Sassuolo fan. Yes. Thoughts? On their season so far, Dionisi, what's happening? Lorienta Berardi, Pinamonti, Bayrami, shouldn't that be doing a bit better? How do they beat the, the big teams and then lose to the small teams? That, that, that's something I just don't have an answer for. Honestly, I don't. Uh, it's, it's, it's just... It's an, it's an enigma, honestly. Uh, if, if I find that out, I think I become a millionaire. <laughs> um, I have a theory. And we've discussed it, you know. My corruption. Theory. No. <laughs> corruption is, a, is an interesting theory. I think that the fact that Sassuolo... Uh, I think I know where this is going. ...don't have a fan base... At the stadium, granted it's improved, and granted now you look at the Sassuolo stands, you do see more of a of a fan base than before. But I think they don't have that extra push to motivate them in teams that are gr- bigger than them. Could when be. they play against the likes of Inter, Juve, Milan, they show up because they know the whole world is watching. When they play against the likes of Torino, Empoli, fucking Hellas, Verona, maybe they don't get that extra push from the fans that other teams get because they do have the worst fan base in Serie A by far. They do. Yeah, that's my theory. Uh, it could it could very well be the case. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you no because I don't have an answer for it. Okay. Um, however, however, it's very sad. I think it's just a real sad case of 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 a team where it's just it's just the way it is. Really, <laughs> it, there's, there's that's very stoic of you. It is, but there's no other explanation. They just don't show up to these games, and mm. you know they're going to lose. The second the start of the game happened, you know, if Sassuolo are not going to lose, they're going to get the cl- the closest draw in the world. The first five or ten minutes, Torino had like six chances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all of them were bloody close. <laughs> and if it wasn't for constantly these theatrics and fucking um, diving saves, and his, re- his re-entry into decent form, they would have lost by like 3-0. Constantly's... So weird. Is another so one. weird. No, but again, I'd say like, that he's, he's 37 as well. Yes, but yeah. they've brought in Cranio. But next year, Cranio will definitely take his place. But, but I think Cranio, when you look at the, the profile of Cranio... Cranio had a great game against... against um, uh, who the fuck was it? Uh, against Spezia, where they won, where they won on yes. penalties. He saved the penalty. He saved the last-minute shot against... Um, uh, I can't fucking remember his name. Spezia. Uh, it was Spezia... I can't remember his name. Anyways, okay, he, 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 it was like an outside-of-the-box shot. Cranio saved the top corner. Um, but yeah, consider his... Was it the No. Uh, okay. Uh, but whatever. Um, yes, I feel like Cranio has been very unlucky, yeah? because he, he went to Monza. That should have technically on paper been a good move, but Di Gregorio carried on his Serie B form to Serie A and has proven to be one of the most underrated keepers in the league. Potentially yes. the next Vicario when it comes to bargain yes. buys in, in goal. Yes. Uh, but now he's moved to Sassuolo where they've had Consigli who's been struggling for a few seasons and suddenly he's picked up his form and is on the form of his life. So very unlucky for Cranio. To be honest with you, there have been some decent buys for, for Sassuolo this year and there haven't been. Cranio is one of them as a mm. buy. But unfortunately for him, Consigli has re-entered into a good, a, a good, a good spell of form. But but Sassuolo made the wrong decisions in the players that they've brought in, some of them. 
Block has a good move, mm-hmm. for example. Vinya, in my opinion, was a terrible decision. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. But then again, anything's better than Rogerio, in my opinion. <laughs> he, 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 this guy is just not, not, not. It's so average, right? So Rogerio, painfully bang, average. Bang average. Not, it's, not it's, good. Not just, good. Not bad. Not bad. Anything, just know. no. Just no. Just no. Um, Ferrari, in my opinion, has to be replaced this year. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I really oh, liked time, him. Yeah. I really liked him a lot. But he has the Manuelli syndrome where it's time to either hang up the gloves, either accept you're going to play like four or five games a season and just be the just be the vice captain and just motivate the team. But they need a solid center back. And um, I think it's it's really... Ehrlich can't do it alone. You don't think it's Juan Tresoldi, bro? <laughs> Go back to Brazil. <laughs> um, the most error-prone defender in the league. It's so bad. Um... On the other flank, Toliana and Pedersen, I see that. I see that okay. It's okay. It, it can. It can remain as it is. I, I see Toliana is way more consistent than Rogerio. I, I can accept yes, him yes, staying yes. there. By Rami, I'm not so done with him. I'm really totally honest. By Rami hasn't quite hit the ground running at I all. Don't think, I just don't think he has. He had a very good spell at Empoli. He's not match fit, man, in my opinion. I don't think he has 90 minutes in him. I think he's better off the bench. Maybe, and I just don't think I just don't think it's good enough for my honest opinion. Okay. I mean, and I, it's the same thing with Penamonti. Oh, you got to He scored four goals. Wow, man! He had he had two good two two good games. He had three total, yeah, three good games. Congratulations! Does it make you a good player? No, Penamonti is way too streaky, man. He is way too streaky. Well, he's playing better this year. I'm gonna give him credit. He has pulled up his socks. He has, he has. But he's still, playing more for the it's team. Still not, and. There are a few players on the sidelines who, for example, I know that Alvarez is almost done from his rehab, rehab from his ACL, uh-huh, and uh-huh. he looks he looks he's, like he's hungry again, and I can see him re-entering into the squad. Um, Penamonte is only twenty four. Let's remember as well. No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm not saying I, I, I say sell Penamonte. I'm not saying mm. it anymore, but I don't think he should be an game in game out uh-huh, starter uh-huh. anymore agreed yes and I just agreed. don't I, I just think once Berardi goes which is going to happen and it's going to be a very sad day for Sassuolo they're going to have to re-evaluate the way they play Completely. and I don't see that I don't see that being a way where you play two wingers anymore yeah, yeah. we're going to have to move on yes um, I want to highlight that Richie and Ricardo Rodriguez did fall injured for Torino this game as their crisis continues they can't seem to get a fully fit starting 11 together and Juric might leave by January you're by the way you read this yes is it because he's having huge problems with um, the ownership yes with Cairo yeah of course um, Juric is a man who has been screaming for investment since his Hellas Verona days they didn't give it to him and he left uh, now he's at Torino where they're also not giving him the investment he wants and he deserves a bigger club I think Juric yes um, Grant he didn't quite make it Work for Torino despite their best start in five years. Um, they still have a little, they leave a lot to be desired, especially when it comes to scoring goals. You know, they're clearly a defensive unit, but they're not scoring enough goals to actually but be a this, team that this, competes but for this anything. But this is how Yurich plays his football, it's very pragmatic. Yes, yes, you're right, but sometimes it doesn't quite work out for them, you know. But anyway, let's go into where they are in the league so we can move on to the next game. Give me a second while I pull up the table. Matthew always mocks me for losing the table. Torino are in 12th with 15 points, while Sassuolo are in 15th with 11 points. And we'll be moving on to our ninth game to cover Cagliari 2, Genoa 1. Cagliari have won back-to-back Serie A games for the first time this season, lifting them out of the relegation pool. 
as they started the game with Luvumbo and Oristanio up front. Oristanio is on loan from Inter. He's a youngster and he's looking very promising. Mankozu is in the trequartista position. Young Toprati and Makumbu start in the middle. Very cool team over there for Cagliari. You know I'm a fan. Scofea was in goal as well. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, he debuted at 17 famously for Udinese. I remember this. Genoa lined up the 3-5-2 formation with Goodmanson and Malinowski playing up front as kind of false nines, both of them. Um, other than that, business as usual. In the 48th minute, Viola got the ball. Sorry, Oristanio got the ball, drove inwards, pulling the defender as Viola attacked the space. He played the ball to Viola, who placed it perfectly into the bottom left corner. One of the most fun midfielders to watch in the league, in my opinion. Viola, he's fucking great to watch. 51st minute, Goodmanson managed to score after a hilarious goal, Daniga clearance. It was an impressive goal as I would have been busy rolling on the floor laughing at Goldeniger's attempt at a clearance. I don't know if you watched that, but the ball was low enough to clear it with your foot, but he went down and tried to clear it with his head. It was hilarious. He only cleared it as far as Goodmanson was, who lifted his leg and kind of volleyed it over the goalkeeper and into the back of the net. And in the 69th minute, Zappa rocketed the ball into the near corner from inside the area to get the winner. First goal in Serie A. First goal in Serie A. Yes. Um, one fantastic scuffe save later was enough to see Cagliari taking home all three points. Very nice. Very nice. Nice game. Yes. Very fun to watch. Um, you mentioned before that Genoa, you're not too sold on them. Please, bro, tell me so I can so I can shout at you. Go ahead and shout at me. So I think that they're definitely a way more improved side than mm-hmm. we saw them two years ago when they got relegated. Oh, it's day and night. Day and night, hundred mm-hmm. percent. There's definitely the, 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 this 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 um. Inspi- inspiration around them. They have this 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 aura, which is very nice to see. Um, however, there are only a few players which make them look better than they are. Okay, and you're talking about the likes of Goodmanson, of course. Retegui. Retegui, who's been injured a lot. He's been injured a lot, but whenever he plays, he's either scoring. Mm-hmm. He's very much involved, and he's he's been he's been a massive threat up mm-hmm. front. I've been a fan of Friendrup. He's been okay. He's been okay, yes. Um, But I think it's been a unit, bro. And the fact that he... For me, this Genoa team is all about Gilardino. Yes. He adapts his opponents beautifully. You see them playing a different formation every game, man. Sometimes four at the back, sometimes three at the back. Sometimes Martin's playing on the wing, sometimes it's someone else. Um, He's got... Replacing Retic, he's got the likes of Ekuban and Puskas, who are fucking terrible players. Let's be honest. They no disrespect, they and they're not say a uh, potential. They terrible. They're not. They're not like, like you put them on Hellas Verona, they won't play a game. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> Somehow they won't. <laughs> but this is my point that I, I think Genoa, the second they get a few more inches, they can slowly but surely begin to see like their own self again mm-hmm. because they don't have the depth. That's why I was telling you that there are a couple of players who are pulling themselves up. You remove goodness from that team, bro. Don't don't you dare tell me. They look as inspiring. They won't look as inspiring for sure because Goodmanson is a flashy, brilliant player who should be at a better club. Let's be real. He will be at a better club. Be better. It depends. Mm-hmm. It depends. Because many teams are looking at Goodmanson and they're observing his situation. But notice that he doesn't get called up for Iceland. Um, he doesn't get called up for Iceland because of a, a domestic abuse case, quite frankly. I see. Um, now, um, I looked up the three telltale, telltale signs on how to recognize a perpetrator. 
and they are the following. Okay, so this possessiveness. Okay, and Goodmanson often has um, a very high possession for Jano. Oh no, um, unpredictability, and I would say that Goodmanson is very unpredictable. very unpredictable. Yes, and the next one is extreme jealousy. I will have to watch him next time. Um, Retigui scores a goal. So, exactly, we'll have to keep an eye on him closely. <laughs> That was brilliant. Thank I you, love that thanks. one. Oh, God. If he's guilty, we're fucked. We're so fucked. If, if he's guilty, he should be a lawyer. What the fuck do you mean? Yes. Fuck <laughs> ILS. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> um, yeah, he's a brilliant player. Um, let's hope that the allegations are not true, but if they are, he does deserve to be punished. And, sure. Um, fuck, fuck that. Like, let's be sure. Um, one point from my side is... I have a lot of praise for Petania's last few games. He's been he is looking. Good. He is looking like a player who's ready to play for the team. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's gotten three assists in the last three games. I think he's he's been humbled, Petania. Yes. I think he he's no, he no longer thinks he's better than the team he's playing for. His spal days, I believe, were a display of his ego, like where he where he thought he was the key player and the whole team was playing for him, and they eventually got relegated. Um, He's since been moved around, of course, he didn't quite make it at Napoli, and now I think he's willing to fight for the team. And Cagliari do have interesting players that he can set up, and he's been he's been good. I mean, yes, very good. He, this game, he set up the the second goal, and I feel like him. this is a opportunity for for Ranieri to 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 be the catalyst for the season here with two yeah. with two with two back to back wins. Of course, of course, I I really like this team. I told you already, man. I, 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 thought I was I worried young. about I was worried about them, but I think the more that they play in this area, the more the, the better they will get. Even Youngto's settling now, man. Youngto yes. looks really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they have experienced players as well at the back of the um, Fun fact: Hatsidiakos apparently is a handsome man, according to my girlfriend. I see. Yes. Are you jealous? Um, no. No. I don't mind. Are you positive? No. Okay. No. You're, you're fine. I'm good. I'm good. Nice. Let's move on to the last game, uh, which saw Frosinone take on Empoli and beating them with a score of two goals to one as they extend their unbeaten home run to five matches with four wins and one draw for Frosinone at home. They're becoming quite a force to be reckoned with, those Sergio Di, Fra- Di Francesco's men. They lined up by starting the 17-year-old German wonder kid on loan from Bayern Munich. Uh, his name is Aryan Ibrahimovic, out on the left wing. He looks like a great player. Reiner, on loan from Re- from Real Madrid, was playing as a Czech artist. And Sule, on loan from Juventus, was playing on the right wing. So safe to say that Frosinone is a team made up of young loanies from big teams, from world-beating teams. For Empoli, it was a 4-3-3 formation. Um, nothing crazy over here. Jazzy starting with Cancellari and Caputo up front. Um, other than that, business as usual. Simona Bastoni getting the start at left-back. Uh, Cancelled goal in the 20th minute was uh, totally Ismaili's fault. He was pressed by Ibrahimovic, who played the ball to Marvin Chuni, who has just recovered from the flu and would have scored his first goal for um, for Frosinone, but it was offside. In the 58th minute, he made up for this um, disallowed goal by scoring our goal of the week, well, my goal of the week, Mentov disagrees. Uh, he backheeled an Ibrahimovic cross into the back of the net beautifully, one that the likes of Zlatan, Giroud and Qualiarella will be proud of. In the 74th minute, it was Ibrahimovic's turn to rifle the ball into the top corner, following a slick move by Reiner and Markitsa. In the 86th minute, Caputo scored a well-executed header, which would prove to be only a consolation goal. And in the 87th minute, just a minute later, Caputo thought he had equalised, but the offside flag had been raised. Um... For me, 
this is Ibrahimovic guy is the main talking point. He is a player who plays with so much confidence and he seems to have more experience than he does under his belt. He's only 17 years old, man, and he, he makes the difference in games like this. He scored the winning goal for them in the Coppa Italia against Torino, and now he got his first start for Frosinone, and he got a goal and an assist. He looks great, man. He does look pretty pretty solid as a player. I mean, it's only two games, so we'll have to wait and see, but from what we saw so far, he looks very mature for his age. Totally. Um, I think more than more than praise for, for single players. I think some praise has to be given to... The man himself. Who's that, Jake? The man himself, you're saying? Are you talking about Di Francesco? You are goddamn right. I Yes, we, we totally have praised Di Francesco. Coming into the season, we thought that he might be one of the first to be sacked. Um, <laughs> Has happened before. When Yes, exactly. Verona. It's happened many times. He, he's not had a lot of fortune when it comes to his managerial stints. Frosinone were looking very good as they won the league in Serie B. Coming up to say, uh, but then Grosso left them for Lyon. Um, they brought in a bunch of young players from many of these big teams, and, and we didn't think that they would have enough experience. They don't have a single player over the age of 30 in their team, and they're starting 11. But they've made it work, and Di Francesco's style is, is very effective, yes. and, and they're, they're beating many teams, and I think they're here to stay for now. I think so far, so good, was all I can say. Um, and I have to say that, you know, Despite all the bad stints he's had, Di Francesco, he finally has gotten his right, and I'm very happy to see that see him doing well because he's in the person without a, without a lack of passion. Okay. So yeah, I think the I think the way he's set up his team is 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 very positive. It's very attacking orientated, and and he has also had some unlucky injuries. Harawi was doing very well. Mm-hmm. He got he got. Uh, he got a bad injury, so that that, that ruled him out. And the, the, the players that they brought in to replace them have all been very positive totally. changes. So Mazzatelli looks, looks very good. good. He looks very good. Smacked the post twice. Yeah, he was well. very unfortunate. Yeah, and Marquitza looks much better than he did at Sassuolo. <laughs> Care to explain? <laughs> Care to explain? I, I'm not a massive fan of 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 uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, I thought you were. Uh, no, no, I've I've many times felt like he's not the right man going forward. But then again, I could be wrong. Okay. I don't feel like he utilizes his strikers well enough. It could be the case. It could be the case, and that's a conversation for another day, as we have our question segment to get into. But before that. Rossinone currently sit in 11th place with 15 points, while Empoli sit in 19th place with 7 points. Welcome back to our question segment. To drop a question, you can find us on Twitter on, or Instagram. Of course, priority is given to our patrons. Um, but to become a patron, it's only three ninety nine a month. But let's go, bro. Um, our first question comes from Jonas Khan on Instagram, perhaps Jonas Khan. Uh, he says Jesper Carlson or Jesper Carlson uh, is in Motta's doghouse. How much patience does Motta have before shopping Carlson? Now I looked into it a bit. Carlson is twenty five years old. He's Swedish and he's a winger. He signed for eleven million from AZ Alkmaar, who are basically a factory for producing young talent. 
Um, he featured a lot in the first few games and actually has played pretty well, especially against Napoli in their nil-nil draw earlier this season, but has since fallen out of favour. He started four games so far and was brought on off the bench once. Do you have, do you know anything about Carlson? Um, not too much. However, I think it's still a bit too early mm. to say if he's been shuffled out or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Starting four games out of 11 is m- almost 50%. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good point. And and uh, coming on as well of the of the of of as a substitute shows that he still is somewhat involved. Maybe as Mata is quite a genius, he has seen that there are better options to to deploy rather than uh, rather than Carlson. Um, so I think we need to wait a little bit more before we start mm-hmm. saying if he's going to be shelved out or not. I, and I I don't see Mata as the type of person to bring in a youngster and then shelve him out already. Yeah, totally. I mean, he. I'm. I'm sure it's all a matter of if Carlson's willing to, to follow Motta's orders and work hard, then he'll he'll definitely feature more. Yes. and he'll get his chance because Motta has. Could be an attitude problem. Fair. It could be an attitude and problem. It, it could be simply a competition problem because when be. you look at Bologna's wingers, you have Orsolini, Salamakers, and Doya, yes. who have all hit the ground running over yes. there. So so yeah, um, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on Carlson to see how he performs from now on. Taco on Twitter asks, is Claudio Ranieri one of the best at making subs and changes game after game his subs have made an immediate impact? What do you think? I have to fully agree with Taco here. I think that Ranieri is a brilliant in-game manager. Not so much almost a man-manager, although I still see him as a good one, or a tactician. But I think his in-game decisions based off his experience is stellar. Yes. Um, when you look at their last three victories... They I think won. he understands... I think he goes to a club and he understands his squad really well and how to use it. Yeah, maybe he's very emotionally intelligent as well to keep players happy, to play them to their strengths and to rotate them without actually offending anyone. They came back to beat Genoa 2-1, they came back to beat Udinese 2-1 in the cup and they came back from 3-0 down in the 70th minute to beat Frosinone 4-3. So he has... He's a comeback king. He is. He's a great manager who is sometimes favoured by a little bit of fortune, but he's a great manager. Yes. yes. Max Camilleri on Instagram gives us a hot take. This Allegri Juve is the worst brand of football I've seen a heavy-hitting team play in over a decade. Heavy-hitting team? Mm. Heavy-hitting? Heavy-hitting in the sense that they're... They're competing for the title, I assume. Heavy-hitting? Is that meaning that the team is strong? Yeah. Is it? I mean, you've uh, yeah, as a club, sure, but, but you've as a team. You've on the pitch last season finished second. But the team was a bit different. Oh, was it? It's very similar. I would say that they've not lost anyone. Um, off the top of my head, it's true. Um, I would say one of them for sure when it comes to. Um, bra- worst brands of football. I mean, you you are essentially a United fan. Um, Moise Moise's United maybe was uh, no, another bad one. No, no, no. no? I don't think that. I don't think it was that bad. No. What about the likes of Benitez's Real Madrid? Maybe very defensive. Not quite. That was quite what bad. they're used to. Simeone at times for Atletico. Well, that's, quite that's their style. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I think Allegri is one of the best when it comes to his pra- this pragmatic style of football. He's probably the best I don't around. Think it's, I don't, I don't, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think issues as fans, which is fair enough, because you're spending your time, your 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 few minutes, uh, a few hours a day, in a weekend to watch football, 
you want to watch something which is entertaining. Mm-hmm. Arguably, Allegri is not playing entertaining football or, 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 or you know, fun to watch, but it gets results. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's, that's where I, I, somehow, I find myself disagreeing a bit because it's, it gets results, even yeah. though as unflattering as it is. So, is it bad? Yeah, no, if it gets results, then it's definitely not bad. Um, definitely unflattering and ugly to watch, but effective, effective, and that's and pragmatic, that's what you need. But it's ugly to watch, I mean, I get it. For Tom. a fan, I mean, it's I get ideal. it, Tom. it's I, ideal, but do you want to win or play fancy football? That's it, that's it, that's a good question. A combination of the two would be nice, but it proves sure. hard to, to achieve. Kyle Domek on Instagram asks, is Milan the most bipolar team in Serie A with regards to form and attitude? Absolutely not. That club is Sassuolo. Sassuolo, right? It's either Sassuolo or Lazio. I, I no, so I think Sassuolo takes, takes the Sassuola cake. Takes the cake, takes the cake by country yeah. mile, in my opinion. He also backed the stats by saying in 2023, Milan has 19 wins in 45 games, 12 draws and 14 losses. That is quite... Bipolar in 2023, to be honest. But yes, um, Sassuolo are the kings of that as they will defeat a giant and then lose to a nobody three next days week. later. Yes. Um, Charles Learman on Instagram asks Bologna, the new revelation of the season. They've got an astonishing attack of Salamakers, Ferguson, Orsolini, and of course, Joshua Zergzi. New revelation of the season? I would say yes. Uh... Yes, I'm just trying to think of their if there's another club which is better as a renovation because renovation is something which was but has been revitalized, no? Yes. Like Monza never was. Last season they were, but for the first time. It's a philosophical question at this point. I think I think uh, Bologna are definitely the revelation of the season and they are the surprise contender for the top I seven. I think it of could be season. Genoa. Genoa, yes. Because Bologna... Genoa you know came why? back to say, uh, they're completely different to how but, we remember but, them two but seasons that's, ago. That's, that's, what, yeah. that, that's what relevation is, yeah. as a word. Now, maybe I'm taking the word too literally here. I agree that Bologna is definitely a, 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 a very well, well-adapted well squad. They have really, really, really looked into the squad and managed to find a way to play much more attractive, much more flourishing attacking football. But I think Genoa, how we know them and how they have come to be this season, being so attacking orientated and ready to push you as a club, I think I might give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Theo Abeyer on Instagram asks, Lukaku is one of the most underrated strikers of our generation. 110 goal contributions and 144 matches. Man is elite. I'm convinced people have no clue how good he is because he is a cunt. Um, give Theo an episode on this yeah. podcast yeah, will do maybe when he's back yes. he's in Milan at the moment he watched the Udinese game and he talked about a moment by the way when Milan were 1-0 down to Udinese it was raining the ultras were shirtless they lit a flare they put the flare on the floor and started dancing around it while being 1-0 down to Udinese I do think that Milan's fans are some of the best they are in the world they are our last question comes from Luca Argento, one of our patrons and close friends. He asks, will Milan ever recover from their losing streak? To which I reply, Okay, you can translate that if you don't know what that means. That is a very toxic and a very um, uh, 
very jealous comments from Jake. <laughs> and um, uh, fun fact, when I went to Jake's bathroom this afternoon, just um, in, the, in, in between the podcast, I thought I saw that Jake has a toilet paper with inter stickers on it to show Jake as a very jealous individual. Yeah, I can't, I can't help but admit that I, I do love this tacky merchandise, this tacky football merchandise. I love it. I mean, look, look to your left, Mitov. I think more than tackiness, I think you just, um, you just wanted to feel good about wiping your shit with inter, um, uh, inter merchandise to be honest, and to make yourself feel a bit better. There's no better way to clean up after yourself than by using inter themed merchandise. I agree. Not. So thank you very much for listening. If you do like our content, guys, you can support us on Patreon, three ninety nine a month. You can like, follow, subscribe, drop us a five-star rating. Um, and let us know what you think of our guest today, Luke Mintoff. Thank yes. you very much for joining, bro. You did me a solid, much better than talking on my own. There you go. At least I'm not utterly useless. Give Jake some money so he can get a better studio. <laughs> the <you>. end. <laughs> Matam Lucien, Matam Lucien, Matam Lucien.